Triple M rocks the NRL 24-7 through the Triple M app. Thanks to Ream. Steady, hot and strong. Install a Ream. Sunday, a day to worship. Worship a small egg-shaped ball. Oh, no, he drops the ball. You've got to respect the ball. Long live the weekend. Long live rugby league. Oh, you've got to love your rugby league. Triple M, Sunday Sinbin. Yeah, good afternoon and welcome to the Sunday Sinbin on Triple M for Apricity Finance. Faced with an ATO tax debt and got a compliant payment arrangement, apricityfinance.com can help you with better cash flows. T's and C's apply. Ben Dobbin with you from Allianz Stadium ahead of this absolute do-or-die game for the Sydney Roosters and the South Sydney Rabbitohs. With me, three of the best in the business, James Graham, Gordon Tallis and James Hooper. Ginger, the difference, a very good afternoon. How are you, my friend? I'm very well, thank you. Good afternoon to you too. Yeah, you've been picking fights this week. We're going to get to that a bit later. I mean, (laughs) seriously, you get out of the game and then all of a sudden in the headlines, here he is, the difference wanting to fight with major media personalities we're going to get to that a little later uh, but obviously we've got a big game here this afternoon and it's been a good three first finals games yeah it sure has and this is the one that we've all been waiting for isn't it and they've saved the best for last no doubt about it i've keep thinking about last week's game and how much of an influence that will have on today and all of the inclusions that south are going to have it's it's got the making for an absolute finals blockbuster yeah, it certainly has. Uh, one of the best sideline eyes in the business, James Hooper. Good afternoon. How are we, boys? All right. How are you, mate? All good, mate. Yeah, just cracking opening weekend of finals footy, hasn't it been? So awesome. last night, that Cowboys uh, and Sharks game, absolute epic. We went into extra time. We ended up in Golden Point, Valentine Holmes with a 45-metre one-pointer. Uh, and then the earlier game as well, I absolutely loved the Green Machine. So do I, um, Rolling over the top of the Melbourne Storm, who traditionally have been very tricky to beat. They haven't lost a finals game down there since 2014. Yeah, we're going to talk about that a bit later. That's our hot seat, obviously, this afternoon with the Melbourne Storm. We'll talk to that. Uh, and a bloke that is really doing a great job in losing weight, and I'll tell you what, he's got very slim over very... I don't know what he's doing... But a very good afternoon to the Raging Bull, Gordon Tallis. I've just stopped eating with you, <laughs> pretty much. That's not true, because I'm, I'm, <laughs> I've no. lost two and a half kilos this week. Yeah, I'll so, tell you what. And you haven't. No, so you lost them in the early part of the week, but you found three by the end. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, yeah it's good. You it's started uh, well. Look, uh, Nathan, Nathan Highmarsh and I are doing the Mosh Challenge, so it's been... Not the perfect time because it's through the origin period and the finals period, which is good where you're supposed to be having a good time, but uh, I'm enjoying the clothes fitting me again. Yeah. How much timber are you stripped, Gordy? Do you know? Uh, probably about 10, but I've got well, another... He had a bad week, though. We're going to get unpacked that. He's but, had a bad uh, week. When they first asked me how much I was going to lose, I said 18. I had foot and mouth disease that day. Yeah. <laughs> hey, let's get into it, guys. Last night, uh, the Cowboys in extra time, Golden Point, defeated the Cronulla Sharks 32 points to 30. And in the earlier game, the Raiders were too good, 28 points to 20 over the Melbourne Storm. Here is a recap of both semifinals. Comes out to Moko. To Moko down the sideline. He's over the 20. He's only got to beat Munster. He gets around Munster. And Tomoko scores in the corner. Great try, Canberra Raiders. Big Nelson crashes over like he was going through a Besser block wall and slams it down. Sebastian Chris off his head. Try. This will be a try, Raiders. Wow. 
ball game. Yeah. It's one of the greatest factors of the year, boys. Well, Raiders lead the storm 28-20. Now the ball comes to Hiku. Got on the side of Sipitalakai. Hiku beats one. Still going. Beats two. Hiku will score a great try. Raley, it comes out the back. Hines on the McKinnis try. Hey, Gordy. Try, Sharpies. They strike back. Oh, this is head to end, boys. Comes to Nico Hines. Flat pass to Kennedy. Tracy is in the bin for 10. The Sharks will have to go for the remainder of this game with 12 men. It goes to Drinkwater. Drinkwater, The Cowboys score with 20 seconds to go. Flags are up. Tied ball game. We will go to extra time. So that is full time of extra time. We're going to Golden Point, baby. They go to Yeah, I tell you what, that game, the Cronulla Sharks, uh, and obviously the North Queensland Cowboys game, outstanding game of football. Anthony Maroon, your earlier caller, and myself calling the second game. Let's unpack the Cowboys and the Sharks, guys. It was a real battle, a ding-dong battle. 18 all at halftime, uh, 30 all at full time. They go into extra time, uh, and then nothing happens in that 10 minutes, and then they go to Golden Point. And come the hour, come Val Holmes. He, he from 43 metres out, he puts a two. He just did it, and he, he made it look easy, didn't he? Yeah, I think he kicked eight, eight field goals before that. I think that was his ninth. 45 metres out when he hit it, he just strikes it so well. And you know, then you hear Todd Payton. He said in the dressing room, like when he asked him, he said he went to the plays and he got tackled, and he goes, "Give me the ball," which you want that confidence in a player to put his hand up um, and grab that moment. It was a uh, it was a great game of footy. You know, you had two sort of defensive sides where I didn't know whether either team could go to the next level or see how many gears they had. But last night, um, I thought that their attack was fantastic. Um, it was strange because there was a few soft tries um, getting scored, but it was a, such an entertaining game of football. It, it really was, wasn't it, Gordy? When you think about that field goal from Valentine Holmes, it's difficult to do at the best of times, but he would, be, he would have been exhausted Yep. When he mm. took that strike, he's exhausted. Like, there's not much left in the tank. We've gone through over 90 minutes of finals football. And that makes a difference. I think that elevates the, the significance of the achievement for Val Holmes to have the legs and the, to strike it with such accuracy and power in, 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 in that, in the, not just the context of the game, but just how fatigued you'd be as well, because it was end to end stuff, you know, and. You, you, the, the mental demons for both sides both both sides would have made a claim for having it won you know obviously the Sharks conceding late and then the felt where he just oh, oh, yeah, and he it, dropped it and he, yeah, he had it you he, know he, he, all these moments happen in the game and you're like ah just if just some make the tackle or just felt he just <laughs> ground the ball so all the emotional roller coaster of it as well and then Val, Val Holmes, like you say, 45 metres out. Well, oh, what about that? And and all the, the subplots as well. You know, he left the Sharks. Yeah. You know, to pursue a dream over in New York, trying to play in the NFL. It's just... 
just adds to it all, doesn't it? The great and narrative. the kick from the sideline, and yeah. you could just hear him coming through the TV. And oh, you would have been was, they were they were absolutely giving it to him. <laughs> yeah, right. You couldn't possibly repeat it on radio, but um, yeah, there was a lot of colourful language involved. And I think after the game, uh, funny thing was. Todd Payton and Valentine Holmes were joking about the fact that prior to kickoff, he'd actually had three shots it at the field goal from that <laughs> same spot Never and hadn't one. landed one of them. Didn't hit one of them. But when he hit it uh, last night at that point in time, the minute that it came off the boot, it just looked like it was sailing over. He's a clutch player, Val Holmes, and post-match, here's what his coach had to say about him. I've seen Val do that a few times. I saw him miss three in the warm-up. <laughs> but... I've also seen him practice his goal kicking, and yeah, he's just a, he just likes the big moments and the big crowds, which is which is great. It's what you need from your best players. And there was a bit of chat in the locker room then, and um, Val was, I think Val had a carry in in our own half in that same set, and he said to the boys the next as he got up and played the ball and they're running off, he said I'm taking a shot, and that's what happened. So he was dialed in and yeah, he delivered. Yeah, he certainly did deliver, but he was also part of two really contentious parts of the game as well. He was outstanding last night, Val Holmes, but let's talk about the disallowed try of Connor Tracy where Val Holmes was claimed to be impeded by Jesse Ramian. This was well, a pivotal moment. I understand that, but to the naked eye, I thought it was a try. I was calling, I thought it was a try. Nathan Brown, who was part of our commentary, he said... They've been consistent, the referees, all year, so regardless of that. But I would suggest that he wasn't touched, and that was what... They do it to each other, right? So that play was right over in the right corner where you run through as a decoy. What do they say? You've got to keep on going through the line, and yeah. it's been that rule for about five or six years. You've got to keep on going through the line, and Val Holmes at one... Whether he's going to tackle him or not, I'd say no. But Raymond... No, he's nowhere near him. Yeah, right? well, hang but, on. but Raymond gets in front of him and he loses sight of the player. Okay, well, so Craig then, Fitzgibbon had this to say post-match about this incident. Then I want your opinion after you hear this. I just gave it. Well, I don't think he touched him. <laughs> Did he? I don't know. It's hard for... Like I said, we're in the box. We've got eagle cam vision. You need, the, you need the close-up to see whether he touched him. I didn't, I didn't think he... I didn't think he actually touched him, but he obviously got in his, uh, got in his line of sight. Though. I could definitely see that. So uh, another moment to consider, but also another one we've got to wash and move on. Yeah, he's claiming, and I know some of the players from Granola said Holmes wasn't touched. So if that's the case, and no, he, he did put a performance on. Craig Fitzgerald said it himself. Okay, he mightn't have touched him, or it might have been minimal contact. But the problem is when you get in his line of sight and he loses and you watch those runaround plays now, and players know that if you go and the defenders don't see you, it's a like it's a dead play. It's a dead play, and they do it to each other, don't they, Jimmy? They and do. you'd be at training where they got to go and pretend that they're not getting in the road, and they put their hand up, and they train for that. They train to block out the people coming across the help. Did you so think it was a try, Jimmy Graham? Did you think it was a try? Look from the letter of the law, no, because yeah. it, it it was an obstruction, and you know the, the intricate. Levels of defence. I, I understand what that, that those that that you know not even uh, you know a, a tenth of a yard makes such a difference. But if uh, if if Ramian just runs to the inside shoulder there, that that fixes the problem, and they score and, and Tracy goes over. That, that that's that's what it is. And and then they talk about common sense, and then every referee. Oh, 
in yeah. common sense, ain't that common, right? <laughs> and then for two, everybody w- would have a different opinion, and it's even greyer because this week that's not a try, and next week it is a try, and we're trying to be as fair as what we can. And I thought, looking at that, and when I saw it, I thought it's a try, and then when I slowed it down, I said it's going to be taken off him. Yeah, he yeah. gets in his road. I yeah. think most people would have had that opinion. Go to where you go oh, live. You're like, oh, what a fantastic ball that is over the top. And then you look at it again and go, ah, it's going to get taken away. And I I agree. I think as long as it's taken off today or it's taken off next week and it's taken off throughout the the next however many years of Rugby League we get to call, I'll be happy with that. Well, we didn't see a lot of consistency. I mean, Adam G... It was a a twist and turn moment in an epic contest. And I thought Craig Fitzgibbon was measured in his assessment of it. He could have blown up if he really wanted to. He said, look, I can't change it now. It's done. I'd like to have another look at it. But in the meantime, they've got to get ready to play whoever wins this game today in a sudden death semi next week. Well, well, that's it now. Like, they can't blow up and they would rue these missed opportunities and as down in the dumps as they are and if but some maybes, the questions that they're going to be asking themselves, they have a huge task on their hand yeah. to mental, not just mentally let go, but physically get back. How they're big gonna, a they're toll gonna... is that? How big a toll Mate, is that... having to play 93 minutes of semi-final football? I'll go to you guys about this because that was what Todd Payton said. He said during the game he was thinking to himself, how am I going to get my team up if they don't win yeah. because it was such an epic battle? They've got to come here next week and either take on South Sydney or the Roosters after playing in, in an emotional but physical draining game like last night. Well, it's double whammy, isn't it, Dobbo? So you're emotionally drained and you're physically exhausted. So, yeah, it's, it's almost mental bankruptcy because it's like, oh, what, what happened? Hang on, if we'd have just... If I did just run that line, so they, the Sharks now, this is a huge test and challenge for Fitzgibbons because he's got to come here, you know, regardless of the result today and get his troops up for it. Or he, he, he has the, the dreaded top, top four finish oh. and out, out in straight sets, staring down the barrel of that. I think it's, it was super intelligent from Craig Fitzgibbon because if he blows up yeah. about that, the Tommy Dean 60-metre try, all those little soft yeah. efforts that where they've just... Just just lost concentration for that split second and the Cowboys have got 30 points against them. That, mate, there's no excuse now. We lost that game fair and square. Yeah, I was going to ask you, Gordy, uh, on that Tommy Dearden try, I know there was a couple of Sharks players sort of put their hands up. One of them make the tackle. It's just a penalty, right? So he you... runs across field and he bumps into his player... And then his bump, player bumps him straight back into the hole where yeah. the... But, but some of the... And then they put a hand up. Yeah, but just make the tackle concede the penalty, right? The players have to stop being a referee. And going back to that try then, mm. if we let Ramian's try be a try or Ramian, it's going to keep on happening. If you say it's no try, they will stop doing it. It is simple as that. If, if that's no try now for the next 100 years, they will stop doing it. Mm. We can't throw forward passes, but we do. <laughs> but you, know, I mean, you don't try it. So, like, then the more we take off them and then they try to milk it and all the players try to be referees and you see them when they're on the ground and they do all that, the more we take away from them, the more they'll just concentrate on playing footy. But, but I'm talking about the, sh- the Sharks players on the Dearden yeah. thing. One of those middle forwards should have made that tackle. He was looking for the referee to make the tackle for him or make the decision. Yeah, make, Instead make, of his decision make, make was tackling. Tackle. Or, or were they sort of saying, I'm out of play here because I'm offside? offside. Yeah, that, I think they, they had their hands up to say, uh, indicating I'm not going to interfere oh. with play. Someone might have put a balaclava on. Just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Hoops, can, can the Sharks come back from, la- from last night, do you think? 
Well, to Gordon's point earlier about how Craig Fitzgibbon was measured and intelligent in the way that he approached the press conference after the game, I actually thought it was smart coaching by Fitzy. He could have blown up. Um, There were a number of things throughout the course of that game that would have made headlines, but rather than do that, he had his game head straight on to next job, which is now a sudden death semi against the winner of this game today. Can they still win? Look, physically... That game last night will have been absolutely can, draining. Can, can we, so it's a, it's a big task. Let's to not make that. excuses for them. What have they got? Seven days to get up for it. Guys play Origin and come and play two days later. Yeah. Uh, uh, let's get rid of all the sports science and say that you guys aren't doing your job. That's what they're there for. They will recover. They'll swim. They'll bike. They'll do everything that they possibly can. And mentally, the, the final series is about mental. It's about your... So what? on that, Gordon, how much does it take out of you when should, Cronulla led by eight points with yeah. 15 minutes yeah, remaining yeah. and looked as though they were Home. closing out the game? Yep. How much does it take out of you mentally when you suffer a late defeat like that with the penalty goal, then a Tormalolo try, and then the field goal to seal it? How much does that take out of you? With the player in the bin, Cowboy starting to throw the ball around, there was a lot of... Look, there's a lot going on. Mate, there's a lot going on, but if I played 90 minutes against the Cowboys, should have won, and there was a soft try up the middle, and you know, like a few, and then that Jason Tamalolo, and a few kicks that we didn't quite get right. It's all those little things, and there was a couple of poor kicks towards the end where Drinkwater was getting it, and they're on the 30 meter line and 40 meter line. You got to sharpen that part of your game and make sure that when you're down, and it's hard because because fatigue sets in, and that's what you want. And then the good sides just keep on, end up getting the job done. Yeah. The, you know I mean, like, you put Penrith in that situation, I reckon they get yeah. the job done. I, I think this is going to re- be a real test of leadership for some of their players, in Finucane and McInnes especially. But if you, because if you look back, it's not just the mental fatigue of last night's result. They've played the Roosters themselves already this season. The Roosters were all over them at Shark Park. Yes. And they played South Sydney not that long ago and got away, in my opinion, with a 21-20 victory in field goal in, in Golden Point as well. That was another it, epic game. Yeah, it was, a, it was a great game, but one that I think South Sydney would look back on and go, we should have won that one. Mm. And, and, and looking at that game, Hoops, and I know like we're just looking at the time. Mm. When Melbourne played the Roosters, that's a harder game to back up from, and that went for okay. 80 minutes. You know that brutal encounter? Mm. Yes. Backing up from that? Yep. is harder than backing the, up, I think, the from the 93 yep. minutes. In my opinion, if I'm playing that and how brutal it was, I'm going to you is there's a lot of, there's a lot of massage to try to get yourself right for that one. Well, we're going to go and pack the rest of the final series. We're going to take a break, come back. We're going to talk about the Raiders and the Storm match. Chad Townsend also not far away. And I call BS for Ariad a bit later on this hour, and we've got one person in this team who is right in the headlights for me today. Uh, the, the big... The big fella here, mate, he has been cited. Hoops, you'd be very disappointed where he's been cited this week. Showboating, uh, showing off. Ooh, the uh, Raging Bull. The Raging Bull. He has been, uh, like, absolutely <laughs> like Cheshire Cat up in the Wit Sundays. We're going to get to that very shortly mate, you as well. you want to be careful. You might be walking into a gunfight carrying an oil. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't realise, does he? The poor bugger. <laughs> you can threaten all you want, big fella. No, it's not. Yeah, you can threaten it's not, it's a want. promise. No, it's not. Anyway, uh, we're going to take a promise. break. Yeah, whatever. Chicken. <laughs> we're going to take a break and come back. This is the Sunday Sinbin for Prisity Finance on Triple M. <laughs> Triple M, Sunday Sinbin. Triple M rocks footy.
Yeah, welcome back. Sunday, Simeon for Apricity Finance. Uh, faced with an ATO tax debt, we've got a compliant payment arrangement. ApricityFinance.com helps with better cash flows. T's and C's apply. Gordon Tallis, James Graham, James Hooper with you. And uh, this game here this afternoon, we're at Allianz Stadium in the women's game. It's the Roosters 10, Knights nil. I'll get to that as well. That There's an issue going on there. I'll get to that in my I Call BS. But the game, South Sydney taking on the Roosters. Dan Ganane will be your caller this afternoon. Ryan Girdler, along with James Graham and Brent Reid, will be your call team. And we can't wait for that one. Last night, the Melbourne Storm are gone. They are out of this competition. And uh, they were the first team to go out. And it was off the back of the Raiders who won 28 points to 20. And we heard some of uh, the highlights. I just will say, from a coaching perspective, Hoops, when the Raiders started this year, they lost their number nine in Josh Hodgson. They lost Jamal Fogarty um, to a serious knee injury. They had all sorts of hell. For what Ricky Stewart has done with this side to get them where they are, they are on a roll now. And they face Parramatta next week, which we would expect that Moses potentially won't be in that side and they are a real chance. The momentum has certainly shifted into the Raiders' way at the present moment. Yeah, the Raiders, they'll hold no fears coming up against the Eels next weekend. Uh, and, look, it's an outstanding job what Ricky Stewart has been able to do. He was forced to use a number of different key position combinations over the opening half of the competition. But since he's got Jamal Fogarty back into the team uh, and he's decided to go with Zach Wolford as his dummy half, after Josh Hodgson was injured in the opening games as well. Um, the Raiders have really found some rhythm. Uh, they're playing a tough brand of football, and it's just one of the great stories of the season, Dobbo. Yeah, it has been a great story. James Graham, they, they, they're brutal. They're Joseph Tarpanay, he just absolutely typifies what the Raiders are at the moment. Yeah, he's in sensational touches, and he's been the, the best front rower for, for me for this season. Um but then this is where it really matters. You go to finals, season's on the line, and he stood up. Yeah. He Well, he more than stood up. He dominated, and mm. he was absolutely sensational, just like he's been doing all season. And we all know how much detail Melbourne put into their defence, and they look to have targets on certain players. He would have had a massive target on his head. Stop Tarpany, you do. You go a long way to stopping the Canberra Raiders, and Melbourne couldn't do that, despite all the attention of Bellamy and all the experts in their defensive systems, couldn't stop him. And you look at the the, the contrast in that and the Raiders' defense; those opening twenty minutes, defending their own line was absolutely sensational. That's what laid the foundations for that victory yesterday. And it was interesting to, on the on the flip side to hear Coach Bellamy's comments after the game, like just how disappointed he was. He I think if it hadn't have been for some of those legends leaving, the the spray could have been even worse. He wanted to focus on the on the Bromwich boys, Kafusi and Smith leaving and, and saying what a credit they've been to the club. He said the defence was soft. I thought he held back a little bit there and he yeah. didn't want to deflect too much of that because of those people leaving the game. That the try they conceded off the scrum, that's so un Melbourne like and just one off the scrum as well. Just you know, Jack White and passing to Jamal Fogarty. Yeah, and it's, it's. I thought it would have been the other way. Like, you know, yeah, Jack's yeah, a yeah. big, strong ball runner. Well, we're going to talk with Jamal a bit later. Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm, yeah. Like, I'm thinking, God, how strange is that? Yeah, He's, yeah. He, uh, just one off the scrum to concede a try like that. Like, that's, that's not. Melbourne that, like. That's it's so un Melbourne, Melbourne like. And yeah. they, they had a bit of a wobble earlier in the year. They played uh, Manly at, at Brookvale, where they were so out of sync. They weren't quite like that yesterday, but d defensively it was um, it, it was really worrying. And Be Bellamy, I think, behind closed doors, he wouldn't have missed 
he, he would not have missed. Yeah, we're going to get to the Melbourne Storm. We're going to put them in the hot seat a little later. Um, can they beat Parramatta? Yeah, I think, well, I think it comes down to momentum. And this time of year, you know, the first one and, like, the first week of the finals, like, we come and we predict, but we're not 100% certain on, you know, how the cookie's going to crumble. But watching the Raiders... To go down to Melbourne, a tough place to win. They've beaten them the last five times or four. Five in five, a row now. Five times Park. that they've gone to Amy Park. And I'm not saying that it's uh, arrogant or lack of respect. I think that they're worried about themselves. They go down there and they're going to play their style of footy. You know, like, and, and normally when you go to Melbourne, there's that aura, there's that, you know, there's that whole bit of respect and all that kind of stuff. And I think the Raiders do respect them because of the way that they would prepare. But once the ball gets kicked off, that's it. And there's no pressure on them. All the pressure is on the eels. Absolutely, it's it's it, it's it's gonna it could eat the eels alive. Mm. There's no Moses, and all the pressure's on them. Well, we don't know with Moses. Oh, yet. sorry, he's got sorry, seven I, days. I must say, yeah, yeah. sorry, yeah. It, Moses is questionable, but all all the pressure is on Parramatta and Canberra just rock into town and say, all right, well let's let's see what happens, lads. Yeah. There's no pressure on us. Just keep doing what you've been doing for the past two months. Just keep going. And if we lose, we lose. But it, they won't be saying like this, but it's but it's true. Does Ricky have a bit of power with the PM just to, you know, have a big speech so then there's even nothing on the Raiders are trying it, and it's all going to be on power. <laughs> well, and and Ricky, Ricky's playing the underdog mentality. There's no two ways. Oh, the oh, he loves it. He yeah. loves this siege mentality yeah. style of a setup, and he would have... You know, drummed everybody players all last yeah. week. No one gives us a hope, right? Yeah. But like, he is right with that, right? So when they say, did you tip the Raiders? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Oh, I'm here three we go. Three. Well, I'm listen, three mate, why don't you three. pay your bet? I'm three from three. <laughs> <laughs> pay your bet, then. I'm three from three. I'm three uh, from three. I've, back, I've backed all three teams I've backed. And today, just so you Who know, South's a win. South will win today. Uh, go, going back to, to the Raiders, <laughs> Parramatta, though, I, I really think Ricky will be in the press this week talking just how good the, how how good Parra have been all season. They're the top four team. Bank West, they don't lose. All, all that. They don't lose there. All this. He'll be hyping the underdog tag. And what about this for another subplot? Yeah. He used to coach Parramatta. Yeah. How good's that? Again, these the, the, the gift that keeps on giving the Rugby League finals, all these little side stories, it's fantastic. It's, <laughs> it's another one that... You know, you just you, you're already getting excited about. And we know what's going to happen, but we'll yeah. all take the bait. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll all we'll all, be, we'll all, we'll all walk away. And go, of course, of course, Parramatta are going to. Ricky said. Yeah. Ricky said that Parramatta are going to win. Ricky has got an outstanding record in finals. So seven out of eight times now that he makes the finals, he makes it past the first week. So I don't know what it is about big game footy that suits his style of coaching, Gordon, but there yeah. clearly is something that he knows from when he played how to tap into how you've got to be <coughs> up mentally for this time of season. Well, 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 or not be up. Well, what you've got to get the not balance right. You've you got to not like, play the game too early. Yeah, you know what I mean? Say, so, hey, guys, this is this, and let's yeah. go that, and let's do this. So people go, oh, geez, they get them up. But part of it is, hey, the game's going to be there. Mm. What when you run out, there's going to be hostile. You're going to get there, and it's all going to happen. Then all of a sudden, they're the ones that are up, and they're the ones that are using a bit of nervous energy. And, and it's a balance of kickoffs at 7.55. Yeah. Be ready at 7.55. Don't be ready at 5 o'clock. Don't be ready the day before at 4, jumping out of your skin ready to play. And it's sometimes it's those little <clears throat> quiet words that the coach can have, can't they? Like just a, like a by design, a little snide passing comment of like, do you, do you see what they said about you last week? <laughs> <laughs> and well, you just walk off and yeah. you just go, oh. 
Who used to do that with you? Oh, that, that, that's, that's sometimes. Yeah, yeah. That does, why would that not it's surprise the, me? Yeah. It, it was, mate, it was funny. Like, you know, you go, you know, you know, you got no chance this week, don't you? Just making sure you know you got no chance. All right, sweet. <laughs> you want to get into it? Yeah. <laughs> See, that was always Alf and Kevy because we would come here to watch games. So, like, the footy would always be playing here. And I remember the Bulldogs had that great pack of Dean Payne and all those guys and Jason Smith and Jimmy Dimmick. And then, <clears throat> and then both of them said, oh, geez, I can't wait to go watch this pack play. And they said it loud enough, so myself, Thorny, Webby, uh, and <laughs> 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 then yeah. Thorny just looked, I said, mate, like they're geeing up, like they're geeing up. <laughs> I read it, they're geeing up. But they were all walking away, we were all pissed off, we all wanted to get into them. They, but... they are geeing up, but it's, it's uh, geeing with a bit of seriousness as well. Like They know they're going to stoke. They're playing stoke this fight. Yeah, that yeah. team's in the finals, that team's playing good, and that yeah. team's beating everybody up. And then Wayne would always, this is the best time of the year. This is the best time of the year. This is what you live for. This is what you want to be. This, and so you know it's a good. So no excuses, this is, mm. mate. They're telling you this is the best. This is the best party I've ever been to. This is the best food you've ever eaten. This is the best. And then all of a sudden you go, it's the best time of year. Yeah. <laughs> How underrated. <laughs> we talk about halves combinations left, <clears throat> and you know Cleary and Luai. You've obviously got Townsend and 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 Deed, and we'll talk with Chad Townsend. But Fogarty and Whiten, they have to be. They're a threat. You know Moses and Brown. You know everybody. No one talks about Jamal Fogarty yeah. and, and Jack White. And they're sort of under the radar as well, but both of them have been a masterstroke. They complement each other. Well, Jack's a superstar. Like, he's yeah. always been a powerful yeah. ball runner who is a genuine game-breaker. And whenever Canberra have had success, you go back to the grand final 2019, you go to the prelim they made the year after. It was generally when Jack was playing outstanding footy. But they have had some issues around who was going to wear the number seven jumper. The George Williams experiment didn't work. And so they went and found Jamal Fogarty, got him from the Gold Coast. He gets injured. In, the, in a trial game and gets ruled out for half the season. Yeah. And then ever since he comes back, he, he gets his mojo on. And you're right, Dobbo, they are complementing one another very well. He's a good organiser. He's a calm head, Jamal Fogarty. Um, and he's been huge for the road. Out of the Titans. Let him go. It's, it's one uh, – you know what? Just listening to you. Just keep on having a dig, mate. You wait till the BS comes <laughs> up. <laughs> Just listening mate, to you then. Who? You mightn't even last the show. I will not walk. I <laughs> know. <laughs> oh, I can tell by your weight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to take a break. <laughs> We're going to take a break. Sunday Sydney on Triple M. <laughs> the Triple M. Sunday Sydney. Triple M rocks footy. Yeah, welcome back to the Sunday Sinbin. Ben Dobbin, Gordon Tallis, James Graham, James Hooper. And we are at Allianz Stadium ahead of the Southern Death semi-final. The Roosters taking on South Sydney. Last night, as we said, an epic, epic qualifying final. The Cowboys ending up winning 32 points to 30. Their halfback and captain joins us now in Chad Townsend. G'day, Chad. How are you, mate? Good, thanks, fellas. Thanks for having us. How are you feeling after that victory, mate? I know it was. Uh, you, everybody was very excited last night in the change rooms post-match. Um, obviously, now the focus turns to a fortnight's time. Yeah, definitely. Look, I know a lot of the boys um, pulled up, you know, pretty sore and, and tired last night. Obviously, the game was, you know, went beyond the 90-minute mark. It was so physical, very intense, and I thought both teams, you know, just gave it their absolute all. So, um, you know, the scenes were. We're pretty high in the sheds last night. The boys enjoying themselves, a lot of smiles, a lot of, a lot of laughs, a lot of hugging. But, um, you know, we've put ourselves in a great position now where we get to rest, recover, and, and get ourselves right for a fortnight's time. 
How are you feeling personally, Chad? Because was there a little bit of mixed emotions? You won a premiership with the Sharks in 2016. You're a Yarrawarra Tigers junior. I imagine you would have had a lot of friends and family in the crowd there. It's one of the great narratives, isn't it, that you've gone back and managed to seal that victory uh, in a Golden Point thriller? Yeah, definitely. Oops. Look, for me, it was, um, you know, Shark Park's a, a ground. I've played a lot of footy out. I've played a lot of my... My juniors there and um, a lot of my career at Shark Park. And, um, you know, going there, I was definitely excited to have the chance to play there. I had a lot of friends and family ask me for tickets and I had a lot of support there, which was great. Um, and, I, yeah, just could hear, you know, the crowd was very vocal last night like they usually are on Shark Park. Obviously, on the other side of that was uh, was a little different, but you know, I really enjoyed the experience and, um, you know, it was an unbelievable, uh, unbelievable finish. Hey, Chaddy, it's Jimmy Graham here. Congratulations on the victory. I uh, I hope you managed to sort some tickets out for people. I think there was only 11,000. No wonder they were coming to you, mate. But um, just looking at this year with the with the Cowboys and, and the way that they've gone, I think most people outside of the camp are, are surprised by just be the position that you've put yourselves in. Now, what about you personally? Is this where you thought of expected to be in? Yeah, Jimmy, look, I think, you know, maybe maybe not this Far, to be honest with you, um, I think at the start of the season, at the start of pre-season, you know, we definitely had visions of of making the finals, and I think, you know, from day one, our coaching staff and especially Todd have deserved so much of the credit, the way that they've coached us, prepared us, and set the standards for what's expected for this team this year, and and the players have really bought in. Um, it's been one of the most enjoyable seasons I've been um able to play throughout my career i think just because of the unity of the team and the standards that we've set about what's acceptable and um again i think the consistency of the team not only the playing uh the training but also obviously you know todd having the luxury of putting in the same team for most of the season has you know enabled us to get us to where we are and and with the some of the footy that we've played this year you know i guess now to put ourselves in the position we are you know and um it doesn't surprise me Hey, Chad, it's Gordon Tallis here. You just spoke about unity. Is that because Townsville is a you know, smaller little town and you are able to hang around each other a bit more? Yeah, Gordon, 100%. Look, uh, I've definitely noticed that, you know, moving from Sydney up to Townsville, um, obviously in Sydney it's a very saturated market with a lot of NRL teams, a lot of other sports, and, and being in Townsville, it's like a big country town, one community. Uh, the whole you know, community gets behind us and obviously the rest of North Queensland as well. So we've had a number of games this year where we've had sell-out crowds. We've had some big games at home, which has been great. You know, you walk down the street, the town is absolutely buzzing. So, uh, yeah, it definitely has played a part in that, I think. I think the scaffolding will come back up. Uh, the scaffolding they put up for State of Origin, they're crazy not to put it in and have <laughs> No, seriously, put the extra seats. Yeah, yeah, I think they're definitely, they, they, they will sell absolutely. it out. Absolutely. Five times Mate, over. from Mount Isa, so they asked me last night, Chad, like, he knows, they will drive from Mount Isa, can so yeah. some of the fans will come for six and seven hours in Mount Isa, yeah. well, it can be a 10 or 12 hour drive. Yeah. <laughs> Just to watch them play. So yeah. they put, they need some more seating there. But and you can't be... get Manly to go across the bridge. No, well that's true as well. What about uh, your your co-captain in Jason Tomalolo last night? Oh. I mean, talk about leadership in the middle. That was arguably his best game of the season, Chad. Yeah, hundred percent. The way he was uh, instrumental last night, he really led from the front. He's a, he's a man who loves to um, lead with his actions, and Jason did just that. He was phenomenal. Played huge minutes. Uh, the way he carried the ball, breaking tackles, and obviously, you know, at the clutch moment of the you know end of you know regular time. Uh, he gets that ball and scores a try, which pretty much got us, you know, into the position where we are, where we were to, you know, continue on with the game. So, 
when we needed something, he turned up and he was ultra, ultra impressive last night and, um, you know, really happy for him. Hey, Chad, obviously with the extra time, you guys had the ball, I think you had three or four sets early in the um, early in the piece to kick a field goal. So did you have to hold your nerve or you were going um, for a try? Because normally in Golden Point, everybody just kicks the field goal straight away, but it was extra time, so uh, there's a bit more planning involved. Yeah, 100%, Gordy. Look, that's something we actually spoke about during the week. Obviously, you know, we got notified of the rules about that scenario early in the week, and Todd and the staff, we trained for that situation. Um, and you're right, we actually did have an opportunity to go for the one-pointer in that extra time, but because there was still so long to play, I, I just thought it was better for us to kick to the corner and put a little more um, pressure on the Sharks with some field position and to back our defence, and uh, that was probably the key to our game last night. We wanted to attack with our defence and be physical with our defence and um, you know, not, I guess, get in position too soon to take that field goal and, and be patient and um, you know, we did just that and, you know, it took us all the way to Golden Point for, for Vauda, you know, uh, to seal it. Hey, Chad, um, we, we spoke about putting the, the scaffolding up there at, at Townsville, but you've got to wait another week. What exactly will you be doing in, in the week off and, and will the group be watching that, um, that Parramatta Raiders game together? Yeah, it's actually a bit of a different week for me, boys. Actually, my wife's due with our fourth baby this week. So, oh, um, congratulations. Perfect timing. Perfect yeah, timing. So it's um, we're all ready to go this week. So I've actually uh, – she's planning to have it down to Sydney. So Todd's been good enough to give me a few days off to hang around in Sydney and uh, be with the family while my wife has a baby and around friends and family to make it a little bit easier. And then I'll head back up to Townsville at the end of the week for some training. And then, yeah, well, I dare say we'll, we'd get together and, and uh, watch the game and, um, yeah, see who we get to play in a fortnight's time. <laughs> Any preference if you had to pick right now? Uh, yeah, no. I think, you know, you, yeah. you, probably, you probably look on four. <laughs> Keep a lid on it, mate. Don't, make, listen, don't let these journalists get to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gee whiz. Yeah, you but, haven't started I mean, well today. In this one, in this game, like, I think, you know, anyone can beat anyone. And um, that's the most exciting thing about finals football. I think one team probably heads in today's game, probably playing a little bit better. But, you know, like I said, it's anyone's game. Yeah, uh, I think uh, the Cowboys, they've really cemented their spot. Prelim final in a fortnight's time. It's phenomenal. It was a great victory last night at Shark Park. Chad Townsend, enjoy the week uh, with your wife. And uh, hopefully everything goes smoothly for your fourth child. Thanks so much for being with us on the Sunday Simbin. I appreciate it, lads. Thanks a lot. Good on you. There we have it, Chad Townsend. And do, you know, do you know you touched on Jason Tamalolo? I've been so amazed by his career, you know, just a guy in the middle in the way that he plays, and I thought he'd be better on edge because he's got footwork and that, but that's probably in his top five games mm. that I've watched him play. Not the best game of the season. I think, like, for a guy, and, and like then, <clears throat> for all the people out there, when you talk about a million dollars, he gets them over the line. Yep. So when you say, oh, well, why? Yeah. You know, so I still go back to, I think, the Cowboys in 2017, no Matt, uh, no Matt Scott, no uh, Jonathan Thurston. Mm. He leads that team and gets them to a grand final. That's mm. the million-dollar player. Yeah. Is the one that people follow, the one that drags the team forward. Well, I'm going to be talking about him a little bit later, like no uh, sorry, no, yeah. uh, no secrets out or anything like that. But looking at his performance, we, we, we love the barnstorming runs. But the, to score the try takes a lot of smarts, but uh, with the last minute to, to get his team back into the game, to take the game to golden point. But that pass that he threw <laughs> to Peter Hicko, Hicko, right. like, I don't know if he's right or left-handed, but if he's right-handed, that's even more. I need to find that out because if that's 
if he's left-handed and throws that spiral pass with, was on big, his non-dominant hand. Pinpoint. Like, that, the, that piece of skill within itself is insane. And, and I know most people watching at home, just it's just a normal pass, but oh my that God. That is not a normal it pass. It is insane. I to be able to pull that off is... And the, 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 the distance and the accuracy involved is actually insane from a middle forwards. And Tamalolo's not one of these Cameron Murray, Victor Radley style lock forwards that play with the ball traditionally. He's more of a run. He has the options around it, but he, he, his, <laughs> his thought process is run first. Yeah. He's not looking to tip on or play out the back. He's a runner, but he throws that ball. If, that, if that's a halfback throwing that with... Uh, yeah, it was yeah. sensational. <laughs> it's Andrew Jones, Ricky Stewart. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? I've got an idea. Let's get Peter Volandis and Abdo, right? Mm. I actually want to know who the fastest in the NRL is. I used to love that. You race. want the race back. I want the race back. But I want front rowers to kick a field goal, throw a cutout <laughs> and chip and chase. I like you know what I mean, mate? Let's get the big boys out there. Because look at that pass last night. That's as good as any halfback. Yeah, it is. It was sensational. And because they throw more. But the hit him on the spot. I saw you throw a pass like that out front when we got here today. Walking in, they're having to pass the ball comp. They had the, 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 it's set up and everything. And Gordy said, yeah, give us a go. Bang, straight in. He passes <laughs> the ball off. Still he got it. Yeah. He passes the ball off than that bloke. Never he doesn't have it. a lot of character. <laughs> We're going to hey, take listen, a break. Guys, come back. I pass the ball to the kicker. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Whatever. <laughs> We're going to take a break. I call BS up next Sunday. Simbin on Triple M. The Triple M. Sunday Sinbin. Triple M rocks footy. Yeah, welcome back to the Sunday Sinbin. Uh, all thanks to Apricity Finance. Uh, we're at Allianz Stadium ahead of the South Sydney and Roosters game. 12-0 in the women's uh, game. Oh, it is the Roosters over the Knights in the NRLW. It is now time for this. From the makers of The Earth is Flat and I'm only having one beer. I call BS. Yeah, like their boots. Ariad Rebar Work Jeans won't let you down on the tough jobs. Check out the range of uh, Rebar Work Jeans at ariad.com.au. Terry Donahue and Peter Inman, uh, look, they're great friends of mine at Ariad. And I know we've all got our Ariads on today. And uh, I just want to say you are very important to the Triple M family. So thank you very much, so much. Uh, we'll start with you, James. Um, the difference, your BS for this afternoon. Oh, well, here we okay. go. Uh, yeah, my I call BS on uh, is on the behaviour of um, Peter Fitzsimons on Wednesday evening at the launch of the Concussion Legacy Foundation here in Australia. Uh, it did make some of the papers on, on Thursday, uh, but I was really disappointed in him. So we had our differences that was well publicized a couple of years ago. And prior to that and during that and after that, we've never actually met before. So the, 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 the story's got the, the letter. I wrote a letter and he wrote a column, which I defined the word column more of a personal attack. Um, he mentioned me over 25 times by name or he or him uh, in that article. Um, but anyway... But it was his... So, so, sorry, yeah, we've never met. You've never met oh, him before, never met, Wednesday oh, before Wednesday night. And, and I, he's attacked I, you, he's and attacked I, you prior to I, this. Uh, and I've just gone in for a, for a handshake. And he's gone in and given me the big hug. So I've gone, oh, obviously we're, 
you know, we're, we're here for the Concussion Legacy Foundation. Yeah, we're on a panel, but, you know, the idea was I'd spoke to the organisers before and we're just going to qu quickly, like, address the elephant in the room and, and talk about what the, the benefits of the Concussion Legacy Foundation and what our desired outcomes and our aims can be. So he's coming with the big hug. So you thought at this stage... Well, I've gone, oh, everything, like, a bit over the top for me. I'm more of a handshake type kind of guy. But then pretty much straight away... He's turned and he's asking some very hard... Well, he's asking questions of me. He gives his version of events around how we became this disagreement, which had some gaping inaccuracies and left out some, some key details. But I really don't like people that go around the seduce and trap style of introduction. So he seduced me in with the big hug, and then he's laying these traps with these loaded questions. He wanted a a simple yes or no answer to a very complex... Remembering uh, you're at this function. Uh, remember at this function to... Raise awareness. Uh, and so he wouldn't accept my answer, so he kept repeating the same questions, roughly speaking, over and over again. And unfortunately, he just, you know, he took the focus off what should have been a, a, a great night to promote awareness and for the, for the foundation that, you know, they have do some amazing things in this space they make some of the most difficult phone calls that you could ever imagine having to make like they, they have to call up the you know the the loved ones of deceased athletes and ask for a brain donation and Peter couldn't put his ego ab above that and he had to make it about fundamentally about him and trying to, what he was trying to basically get me to say is that I was wrong and he was right so that's my call BS, is on people that seduce and trap and can't put their egos for the so greater good. So what opinion good. was he trying to get across? Well, he was trying to basically say, if you could go back in time and, and see your 22-year-old self or 26-year-old self, would you say you were wrong? Or can you now admit that you were wrong? While playing the game. Well, by, by making certain comments or playing... Oh, sorry, he, wanted, he said, would you pull back? Would you, have, would you tell yourself to pull back? Well, I wouldn't listen to me. That that 26-year-old wouldn't have listened to anyone telling them to pull back. Did you have a hug at the end of it? We shook hands, yeah. but... It, it, yeah, he's he, done. He, it, it, it was, he, the, he came he, on this show about seven years ago and tried to do the same with me and just trapped all because he was talking and it's maybe about a class action because he got knocked out against France and all this kind of stuff and Bob Templeton, the old rugby guy and yeah. one of his old coaches and, mm. you know, wanted to donate his brain. So I think he's on the same page, but yeah. yet he wants to embarrass... Yeah, well, the try to because, humiliate people because, in public. Because if everybody fit into the same hole, it'd be a boring world. And there's some people, I don't like UFC, but I sit and I understand why they do it and where the people come from, from Brazil or whatever, that's their way out of their community. Yeah. And I don't... And then my way out of my community was sport, and then I tried all the others, but the one that gravitated to me the one that I was good at or got better at was rugby league and if there and if there was consequences involved in it as I got bigger and I knew that you can get injured and you watch your mates and your knees and all this kind of stuff I realized that that's the price I paid to give myself and my family a better life so it was my decision absolutely Gordy. and I'd make it again I, I, one million times of course and you know what Gordy as a, as a retired professional athlete, I am not going to tell anybody what to do in terms of their career. 
I would what I'd do is point them in the right direction to get the best information that and they raise can awareness. Have. And ra- we'll raise awareness. But if if an athlete comes to me and says, "What should I do?" I go, "Here's some information. I'm not going to tell you to stop playing or pull back, sure, or put your head in a different like. That's not for me to say. It's, it's not my. It's not for me to say. It's rude and it's wrong because if someone was telling me that. As a as a, an athlete with lofty goals and high aspirations, I'm not going to listen to them. I'm not going to tell anyone what to do. Yeah. I want to give them information. Well said. Well said. We'll leave that one there. My BS, um, Caitlin Moran, um, who is out there currently playing for the Newcastle Knights yep. NRLW team, made public comments this week yep. on her Instagram over the death of Queen Elizabeth II, yep. saying the dog is dead. They were the exact quote. Now. Well, maybe one now, of the hang on, hang on. No, 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 just wait. A coach by the name of Ricky Stewart called a player in a spur of the moment, not a premeditated tweet or post, a weak gutter dog, and he was suspended for a week. I say this to Andrew Abdo in the NRL. Where is the consistency? I'm sorry. She should not be playing, and she should be banned for a week. I'm sorry. You cannot have one rule for a player if we're consistent We've got NRLW players making public comments about Queen Elizabeth II. Then we get a coach who makes okay, a comment, cool, cool, and he gets cool. suspended for a week. I get it. So everybody lives on that rule. So anybody that tweets anything can't go to work for a week. Every little bloke sitting in the dark room, no, don't talk like that because it's still the same. It gets out there in the real world. Don't hold her accountable or a footy player or whatever if anybody else can tweet and attack no, somebody else. The employee no, no, is no, the no, NRL. No. The NRL is the employee. So okay. what about everybody else that tweets well, about everybody? Talk to their own employees, but yeah. the NRL is their employee. Oh, that's, no, both it. of them are employed under the NRL. you everybody, everybody on social media that has ever said anything. No, you can't. No, that's not true. <laughs> just I'm sorry. For a while. No, that, <laughs> know, wasn't, that wasn't needed. Um, can I just say, I, I don't know, I'm, I, I can't understand. I think she it's pulled inconsistent. it down straight away. Only after Channel 9 made the club aware. It was on there for three hours. She didn't pull it down. She only pulled it down when she was told to by the club. So it was a premeditated tweet, a post. So I'm sorry, Ricky Stewart gets a week for in the spur of the moment about something that happened to his family 10 years ago. He had a bigger platform, and you just given her a bigger platform. I don't think well so. Well done. I don't think so. I don't agree. I call BS on that. Thanks for the support, you three. Anyway, no, over, to you, over to you. Your, your turn. Mate, you can have your own. Oh, no, I don't have a... I don't have a BS this week. You don't? Right. Yeah, I'm going with the Raging Bull. No BS this week. Your two were both so good. Yeah. We'll just sit Oh, well, listen, I'm going to come up. Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. I have got one more. Right. We went to Chinese last night. Here, <laughs> right? now, now, this is dead set. Not a word of a lie. Where was my invite? No, no well, <laughs> was and I just want to call BS on this dodgy, 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 little Chinese restaurant that we went to. It was your pick, by the way, as well. It wasn't that good. It was good. It wasn't dodgy. Anyway, we had... And he, I ended up paying the bill because I chose to. I will say that... <laughs> no, I will say that James offered to pay half. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I will say this now. For a bit of fried rice and a lamb dish <laughs> to cop $136, Oof. I'm sorry... Mate, there was a salt and pepper squid too. Yeah, but it wasn't. Okay, that was, cool. Okay. But yeah. it's three dishes, 136. How many How many? No, no, there was no sink There was no sink towel. Oh, no so sing. there was a bottle of Channel 9 there, wasn't there? <laughs> yeah, there was a Channel 9. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it was cheap and nasty. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's be honest with you. It wasn't $136. I'm sorry. Will you admit no, that, that was a, that, that was an oh, exuberant look, I think there was a bit of a late night GST. 
perhaps put on it. Yes. Because we didn't yes. get there till like, by the time we knocked off work, got back into town, it was 12.30. Yes. So I, I think she just put a little bit of late night restaurant GST Mate, on. For, for, for two mains, a starter and a bottle of wine. Yeah. yeah. All right, that's, about, that's about standard. $30 a dish. Yeah. Hey, that's... That's not that bad, Dobbo. You yeah. know, the cost well, of living's rising for not everybody. In you know, not in Ipswich. Well, mate, you sixteen sixty. Sixteen sixty a dish. Uh, <laughs> uh, Charlie, producer Charlie, I do have a BS. Uh, I flew down yesterday um, oh, this on a is flight. Not true. This is, a, this is a blatant lie. <laughs> I know well, what you're going to go. What I know, know what he's saying. Hang on. You'll, you call him a liar. Yeah, he flew down yesterday. That's all he said. So, hang on a minute. Did you fly down yesterday? Yes, he did. Yeah, so hang on. Okay. So this is yes or no, right? So this will show your character right here now. Right, so I jump on the plane. Dobbo texts me. He goes, oh, what are you doing? I said, mate, I'm on the 12 o'clock flight. So we get to the airport and 12 o'clock and it was delayed. But we got here on time and I was going to Fox. He thought I was calling Triple M. I had to go work at Fox. And then we get on the plane and Dobbo, for once, I don't know because the phone call must have went through because he was sitting behind me. For the first time I've walked on a plane and he turned right, so I thought he might have been sick because he turned right. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so anyway, so he's sitting behind me then. We get off the plane and I was busting to go to the toilet, wanted a coffee because it was going to be a late night, so I get there. And Dobbo mustn't have realised that I hadn't left the airport. <laughs> right, so then we walk outside. <laughs> we walk outside and he is jumping into a limo. Oh, he's, a limo? He's jumping into a limo. <laughs> and oh, I got wow. my phone out. Oh. <laughs> and I got my phone out, right, to, to, like, take a video. And he's done the song. Going, can you please not? Can you please not? He goes, where are you going? So I turned right and jumped in the cab rank to get the fox. True or false? It was not a limousine. <laughs> <laughs> so that it is was, false. Was that it a driver? False. I just want to tell you what now. You can, I please tell you, can I please tell Does you? There's a bloke standing there with a sign with your yes. name on it. Yes. <laughs> a bloke standing there in a black suit. You know, I will tell you the story. Did he have a black suit on? He may have worn a suit. But listen, yeah. It, look, can I just tell you the story? Of course. As I'm walking out, I'm about to turn right. Old mate says to me, hey, where are you going? I said, I need to go into the city. We're staying in the city. He says, I said, I've got a cab charge. He says, I've got a cab charge thing in mind. I said, well, how much dear are you? He said, from here to the city, $55, right? That's what it normally costs from the airport into the city, $55. So. I got to a Tarman and 40 yeah, I was going to say, mate, maybe in Melbourne it costs you fifty. It doesn't cost you fifty-five bucks here. No, it costs well, you as it city. turned it out, as it turned bucks. out, he didn't have the cab charge facility, so I ended up. Oh, oh no. so you got stitched? No, no that's a, <laughs> it. Wasn't a limousine. It was an Audi. It was an Audi, <laughs> and it wasn't premeditated. It was a fluke. I got trapped. I got trapped on a car. I got trapped on a car, and I also got trapped on Chinese last night. I didn't have a good day. Anyway, we're going to take a break. You're an idiot. We're going to take a break. There's no need for that. There's no need for you. The Triple M Sunday Sinbin. Triple M rocks footy. Yeah, welcome back to Sunday Sinbin. We're at Allianz Stadium ahead of the South Sydney Rabbitohs and Sydney Roosters. Southern Death semi-final. Dan Ganane, James Graham, Ryan Girdler and Brent Reid will be your call team. We've got so much to get through. In the NRLW game, the Knights taking on the Roosters. It's the Roosters 12, Knights 4, 24 minutes to play in the second half. It is now time for the hot seat. Now, the hot seat. The hot seat. 
seat. Yeah, the hot seat, and today, boys, I think it's time that we talk about the Melbourne Storm. For the first time since 2014, they've bowed out in week one of the semi-finals. They are arguably the most successful franchise in the NRLW in the NR, NRL since 2000. Um, had lots and lots of success. They've had some t- tough times, but consistency has never been an issue. They now lose a significant amount of players um, in the sense of the Bromwiches, uh, Felice Cafusi, Brandon Smith, who will all be leaving the club at the end of the year. And there's a lot of speculation that Cameron Munster obviously will leave uh, at the end of 2023 as well. Craig Bellamy's last season of coaching next year and then they were beaten. Has their premiership window and this powerhouse called the Melbourne Storm Hoops, I'm going to start with you, Has it is it slightly tainted now and, and just lost its polish as such? I don't think it's tainted, Dobbo. Certainly the week one exit, we heard from Craig Bellamy in that press conference last night, they'll be bitterly disappointed today. They don't accept anything but success. And bowing out in September in week one of the finals is not a measure of success for the Melbourne Storm. It'll be fascinating to see, and we've often heard people say over the years that this could be the end of the Melbourne Storm dynasty and this could be the end of the Melbourne Storm juggernaut. It was discussed when Greg Inglis initially left the club. It was discussed when Cooper Cronk left the club. It was discussed when Billy Slater retired, Cameron Smith retired. And Craig Bellamy is such a genius coach that he just kept reinventing the roster that he had and finding ways to win. But I think with the amount of players that are now leaving, the senior forwards, that this is right up there with the biggest challenges that he's had in his career. They've still got a very strong spine if fit next year. So if you look at Harry Grant, Jerome Hughes, Cameron Munster, Ryan Pappenhausen, you have four, they're jewels in the crown, and then they build around them. Now, Gordy... Do you think that if Pappenhausen comes back to play the way he is, well, there's that little bit of X factor out wide. I think the way the forward game and pack has changed to, you know, that short interchange passing, you know, your back rowers aren't just those hole and line runners and they play the shape at the back. You know, they can get the ball a little bit. And I will never back against Melbourne Storm to just revitalise what they're doing and come back a bigger and better Organisation, They have done it in the past. They've lost better players than they've lost this year, mm. and they still go and play in finals. So Craig Bellamy, um, his last year, um, can I say that they're going to play grand final? You'd say no, because they're, but will they still be a top four side, top five side? I think they will be. Well, obviously, you know, they are losing a number of players, and you talk about Pappenhausen coming back. Let's not forget they've had one of the game's best front rowers and Christian Welsh missing for True. the whole season as yep. well. So he comes in. He adds so much to the team. I think I was in that 2014 team that beat Melbourne in Melbourne the last time they lost the home semi. It was 6v7th. And we walked away from that, and a few of us said, oh, we think, think Melbourne are, are done here. Like we don't think we, we thought that might be the end of their, you know, their, 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 their run. We thought it was going to end right there because we 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 knew how to beat them. Uh, we were comfortable with that, but they just create Craig Bellamy and and some of their senior players there have just gone away and had a rethink and almost reinvented themselves a little bit. They went from that high structure style of football to the lot to to the wide pass off the nine, which has been devastating. Which is what they've based their game on. Obviously, with, with with Harry Grant and Brandon Smith, they do that so well. I think, for me, the 
the attack side of things shouldn't be a concern. It's, it, from yesterday's semi-final and from a couple of games this year, it's a defence. It's a defence where I think they really need to... It's that over-reliance perhaps on the wrestle and they need to look at defensively. I think, is it their right edge that teams have been really attacking this year? They didn't have Remus really, Smith really, either, Yeah, so that's it. Remus Smith comes yeah, back in. Big, he was a big out. I think yeah. that... Um, the, the defence against that unstructured style of play. Uh, I use this phrase. I remember that Manly game, Charlie. You, you remember that, don't you? And the Manly scored off an underlap. It was a two-on-three. So there's there's some things there that are un-Melbourne-like defensively. I think they're in for a big, big off-season in terms of how they structure themselves well, well, defensively and how they set themselves up defensively. And you made a really good point because they've always relied on control and the speed of the ruck. Right, and they've yep. been big and they've been dominant. And the Brom- Bromwich boys, and you've had Kafusi, you've had guys for Nukin in the past that have just worked so hard, and Christian Wells. But now with that short interchange of passing, yep. it's just changed it a little bit with the Murrays that can skip yep. on the outside and poke their nose through where they've relied on that. So now the play, the balls are getting a bit quicker against them. That that, that real big, big dominant pack that just physically would suffocate you at times. I think they got to reinvent that, and yeah. I, and I think that they can do it. And, and Bellamy as well, like he can unearth some gems. Yeah, he's so, well. He's well, got them know, in the pipeline. He, yeah. They've got them in the pipeline. Bromwich brothers, Smith and Kafusi all leaving. The disappointing part is that they do not like losing when they're le- when they're losing players of this ilk. This is what Craig Bellamy said in the press conference just about those four players. Oh yeah, they've been tremendous for us, all of them. You know, like. Obviously, you know, Jess and Kenny, they've been here since 2008 and uh, they've done a lot for our club. And I just think for me, I'm so disappointed today is it is, it is more about for them. You know, I think they deserve to go on a better note than that. And uh, But like I said, they've done a wonderful job for us here. You know, Foose has come here and folded his two brothers here. Um, he's been here longer than them, but, you know, he's turned into a state of origin Australian player, you know, during that time. And, you know, the other three have all, you know, play for New Zealand so you know they've done a lot of great things for our club and they've done some really great things for themselves it probably still hasn't sunk in it's sort of you know the Bromwiches have been around for so long that you you know we're probably going to come back first first day of pre-season expecting to be here but they're not going to be here you know the club's always been their number one priority not, not themselves you know and I think that's that's probably the number one trait when you when you're looking for losers when you take those kind of leaders out of a side there has to be another man that steps up. Now, there's some brilliant footballers in, in that group still there that we've talked about. But the Jesse and Kenny, Kenny Bromages, you just can't go and find them. But they'll get to the end of their career. They got there like, they're there, they... Well, I they would say gonna... Kenny Bromwich is playing career best football. I, I understand Jesse looks tight, but Kenny Bromwich's football hoops has been unbelievable this season. Yeah, he's been outstanding. But don't forget, they've signed Tarek Sims from yeah. St George Illawarra, who I think they view as a, a like-for-like replacement. As Jimmy Graham touched on earlier, Christian Welsh didn't feature at all this season, or not for very long. So when they get him back uh, next season... There's your, there's your leader there. There's yeah. your captain there. Well, yeah, true. And, and like we say, that Bellamy has a, a knack of unearthing some gems, doesn't he? So uh, it'd be interesting to see who he's got, you know, just in, on the fringes of, fringes of the squad that is going to really have a big preseason yeah. and come out firing. The, you know, there's, the, there's some spots to fill, undoubtedly, but 
you know, with, with a coach like Bellamy, you, you, you know what they're going to be in for and you know the, the ilk of the player that he manages to produce. So, But they've done it so well. They left, like, they lost Cameron Smith. Mm. Then they got Harry Grant and Brandon Smith yeah. and the Roosters are chasing him out. And then you lose Cooper Cronk and then they've got a halfback that they don't want to trade with anybody. And then, you know, you got Cam Munster that's, he's a freak. And you got Pappenhausen that his stats at the same time yeah. of his career were as good as Billy Slater. I, I think as so. well. Yeah, I think as well on the losing Brandon Smith. I think this what that does is it it brings Harry Grant's game to a new level as well. Yes, Brandon Smith is going to be sorely missed, but I think that um, uh, Harry Grant, Harry Grant, yeah, he, I think his game is going to go to an, another level just because he's going to have total control of that dummy half area and not have to worry too much about Brandon Smith coming in. It's going to be his to own, mm. which I think might might actually be better than the current model that they've got as well. Yeah, no doubt about it. We're going to take a break anyway. The Melbourne Storm, when you do rattle Well, they through. weren't really in the hot seat. Well, they weren't. <laughs> it was in the wrap-up yeah, yeah, seat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mate. I think that there's some trouble there. Do you want to have a bet on? All right. Do you want to have a bet on? So, what, will they make the finals next year? I suggest Yeah, well, that's successful. Okay. We're going to take a break. Come back. You're not in a very good mood today, and I'm not enjoying working with you. I'm just going to be very careful because selection is coming up, and I had two phone calls this week about you. Yeah, that's another lie. (laughs) (laughs) The Triple M Sunday Sinbid. Triple M rocks footy. Yeah, welcome back to Sunday Sinbin. All thanks to Apricity Finance. Faced with the ATO tax debt, got a compliant payment arrangement. ApricityFinance.com can help you with better cash flows. T's and C's apply. 28 points to 20. The Canberra Raiders defeated, obviously, the Melbourne Storm. We just were talking about the Melbourne Storm, but one of the real success stories at Canberra this year has been their number seven. From the Gold Coast Titans to the Canberra Raiders, and he's into week three of the semi, well, week two of the semifinals. Jamal Fogarty joining us. G'day, Jamal. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm good. How are you? Congratulations on a great win uh, down in Melbourne last night. And uh, semi-finals football is important. You've obviously been a part of it before. But how special was that win last night? Yeah, definitely. Um, each team starts in November wanting to play finals. And um, lucky enough for us, we scraped in the eighth position. But we didn't want to just be a, a team to make up numbers in the finals. We want to give it a real good shake. And obviously, that's had to start last night down in Melbourne, you know, I thought we, we handled the situation pretty well and um, they're, they're a difficult team to play against, uh, let alone semi-final football um, down there in Melbourne. So a very pleasing result um, for us uh, at the Canberra Raiders and uh, we'll get a bit of confidence out of that moving into next weekend. Yeah, congratulations, Jamal. You certainly look as though you are in with a very good chance of giving it a shake. Talk to us a little bit about how your coach, Ricky Stewart, was in the lead-up to the game and then also in the aftermath. Just exactly uh, what is it that he has said to this playing group about the journey that you're on at the moment? Yeah, uh, before the game, um, Sticky's just been himself. Uh, Very similar to the last eight weeks, you know, we've had to win majority of those games to scrape into the eight. And um, his message before the game was just make sure um, you execute your role and, and what are you going to bring to the team today um, in your individual performance. If you look after that and look after all the little things, then the big things will sort themselves out. And I thought, you know, we did that, especially in the first seven minutes. They had a lot of ball on our try line and, you know, we just did all the little things right, all of our small processes and we, we turned them away. And I think that gave us a lot of confidence to start the game. Um, and then 
obviously when the result fell our way back in the sheds, you know, he, he just said he was super proud of the effort tonight. Um, you know, he's just proud of each individual and what they did in, in their role and how they performed. And he just spoke about a couple of weeks ago, you know, he said, we're going to go on a journey and we just need to maintain what we're doing and uh, making sure whatever we're doing at training, away from training, we're thinking of the team and putting the team first. Hey, Jamal, it's Gordy here, mate. Um, just talk us through the Raiders up against Melbourne. It's like, you know, I'm not saying that you don't respect them, but there's certainly no fear, is it, uh, compared to some of the other teams that would go down there and play them? Yeah, I think with, obviously, the history of, of the Raiders in Melbourne over the last couple of years, they've got a bit of confidence out of knocking them off a couple of times and, obviously, being new to the club, um, you know, when I was on the, at the Goldie, you kind of sit back and look at Melbourne going, oh, you know, that's the Melbourne Storm, whereas down here it's it's a different feeling. You know, they're, they're just so confident that they have the game plan to, to beat Melbourne and for myself to come down here, it kind of gave me confidence um, knowing, you know, we can go down there and get the job done and we did that a couple of weeks ago and for that to pull off again last night, you know, I, I don't know what it is about the Raiders, the style of play or whatever it is, they just somehow know how to upset Melbourne and always get the win. Hey Jamal, it's it's Jimmy Graham here. Congratulations on the on the victory yesterday and getting through to to week two of the finals. I don't think many people, probably from outside the Raiders camp, uh, gave you much of a chance down there. Um, you see, it looked like you embraced that underdog tag so well. Is that something you're going to look to continue to do as these finals progress? Yeah, well, to be honest, I think um, most people have, have ridden us off majority of the year. You know, we didn't start too well and we had the had to win majority of games and have a couple of things fall our way. And um, even when we, we did fall in the eight, people still didn't give ourselves a chance. So for us, no, nothing's changed. You know, we've always known that if we can stick to our processes and get a bit of confidence and back each other up, you know, we're going to do something um, good with it. So we just got to keep doing that. You know, people are always going to have opinions and comments on, you know, about us as a club, us as individuals. But if we just look after our own backyard and, and keep doing all the little things right, then we can give it a shake. And I think that's the main thing from the group as well. We're just trying to stay present and be in the moment. You've got some strike weapons who are all in great form at the moment, Jamal, but the former Hudson Young, geez, he's come up with some big plays for you blokes over the course of the last couple of months. What have you made of the footy he's playing, and why do you think he's going so well at the moment? Yeah, I'm, I'm not too sure why Huddy's going so well at the moment, but he, he's, he's in a great bit of form at the moment. Everything he's doing seems to turn to gold and um, especially with the ball, he's doing some crazy things but I think defensively as well, him and Jackie Whiten are kind of flying out of line and, and stinging blokes and giving the giving the team a bit of energy as well but I think um, you know, there's a real good vibe around the club you know, everyone either comes from New Zealand, Queensland or wherever when you move to Canberra, they just know how to keep everyone close like you're always with your family even though you're away and I think that's a big part of um, why everyone's going good at the moment. We're just enjoying each other's company. And someone like Hutto, um, you know, he's always at training, um, whether it's first session of the week, last session of the week, he's always training his backside off. He's always doing extra stretches, um, extra weight sessions. He's always working on his game. So it's just good to see someone, you know, dedicate himself so much to the game and, and it's paying off for him at the moment. Jamal, I think you missed off a couple of Englishmen there as well. They uh, they certainly add to the mix. <laughs> uh, but on some of those teammates, mate, the platform that uh, Tarpany and Papali here, Lane, as a halfback, just how good is that to play off? 
Yeah, with the English boys, I might need a translator sometimes if Elliot Wyatt's trying to speak with his mouth guard in it. Especially, especially being my background, I struggle sometimes. I'll just give him a bit of a thumbs up. But, you know, I think, um, you know, Joe Tarpany and Big Papa, they're in, they're in a world of their own at the moment. You know, they're, they're so big, um, so explosive. But, you know, the best thing about them, they can – yesterday, Big Taps played the whole first half, you know, for a front rower to – have so yeah. many carries, do so much tackling, um, and to play a, a first half is just unbelievable. And I think the other thing about the two boys as well, when teams make line breaks, they're always in the frame to try and be the last man there. There's a couple of times this year, Joe tarvin has been the last line of defense, you know, picking up grubber kicks in the in goal and getting back in the field to play and stopping tries. And I think all those kind of things just go unnoticed to you know people sitting at home but for us it doesn't he's worked his backside off from pre-season it's just so good to see him and pups you know laying such a great platform for us to play off the back of as as halves and i think um the two other big boys on the bench emre girl and big red you know they've big pups and taps they lay a foundation and for those boys to come on and maintain that or, or bring it up a notch has been unreal What's the um, big difference? I mean, obviously you had great times. You, you love the Gold Coast and a lot of family there, but it was a huge decision for you to go to Canberra. And obviously starting the year with the injury and then having to come into the side, it was difficult for yourself. But what's the biggest difference you've noticed at the Raiders this year compared to your time at the Titans? Yeah, well, I think um, at the Goldie, everyone was just so young. The Forge was so young. The outside backs were young. Um, and coming to the Raiders, it's the complete opposite. You know, they're experienced. They've played in big games. Um, f- my job's just so easy. I don't have to really direct them around because they all know their job so well and, and they do it to a higher standard. So it kind of just lets me, you know, play my natural game. And um, I think that's the difference if I had to pick one thing, just the experience versus the inexperience. Well, best of luck against Parramatta next week, Jamal. Playing great football, and it's a great story, yours uh, alone, as also the Canberra Raiders. I know that Ricky will play the underdog tag all week, but, you know, to me, I think I think they're right in the swing of this. Best of luck, and thanks so much for being with us on the Sin Bin. Nah, no worries, fellas. Enjoy your Arvo. Yeah, good on you. Jeez, fine young man, Jamal Fogarty, and, geez, he's made a difference there to that side. You know, just what he's saying, just creating Jack White and doesn't have to do everything anymore. Uh, he can worry about his game and the attack, and then Jamal just steers them around. Well, he's the driver of the bus, but he's got all these great individuals that can inject themselves when they want to, like Jack. Like, when Jack wants to take a game on, he just, like, maybe watched him in Origin. They threw him in the centre. I thought, oh, here we go. And he was the best player on the field for New South Wales. And then last night, uh, those moments that he needs to own, um, he does it. And you've got Savage at the back, and you've got Tarpany and Big Papa. You know, it's the best one-two punch of the weekend in the game. Yeah, they are good as well. And Tarpanay is one of the highest-paid players. Uh, and young Wolford, too. No, he's you been know, a like great story, hasn't he? Like, yeah. he's, he's just been unbelievable. Well, I think the combination of Jamal Fogarty, Zach Wolford, and then you've got the experience of Jack White and a young gun in Xavier Savage. Um, uh, as Gordon said, Jamal Fogarty at the moment, he's just... He's brought a composure to the Raiders, and he's the conductor. He's the one who steers them around the park and um, drives the sets. But then you've got the individual brilliance of a game-breaking Jack Whiten who can just turn something um, with a big run. So um, they're all in good touch at the moment. Yeah, they certainly are. The Triple M Sunday Sin 
Yeah, welcome back to the Sunday Sin Bin. The difference, James Graham, Gordon Tallis and Hoops, along with Ben Dobbin. And the game we're covering this afternoon will be from Allianz Stadium. Dan Ganane, Ryan Girdler, James Graham and Brent Reid will be calling the Southern Death semi-final between the elimination final between the Sydney Roosters and South Sydney Rabbitohs. Uh, that game will be kicking off around 4 o'clock. Panthers defeated the Eels 27 points to 8. It was a classy performance by Nathan Cleary, James Hooper. They came out and went bang, bang and showed that despite the fact of the injuries, the suspensions, the time off, they are the benchmark and they go through to another prelim. It was a masterclass from Nathan Cleary. Matty Johns called it in the lead-up. He said, I just get the impression on his podcast during the week uh, on Fox, he just said, I get the impression as though Nathan is primed to dominate and that the five-week freshen-up will actually do him the world of good. And, look, the, he was spot on uh, in terms of that analysis because Nathan, uh, he just went to another level out there. It was an epic game, uh, a lot of twists and turns. Parramatta were very much in the contest until Mitchell Moses was knocked out. And then once he had to come off the field, well, it was always going to be a difficult task from that point on. Yeah, it was hoops. And you're right what you say about Nathan Cleary. He uh, he put on a masterclass, especially with the boot. I, I couldn't believe just how much room and space and time that the Parramatta Eels forwards gave him. So he's relentless in his... In his kicking towards Waka Blake, there obviously he's an ex uh, ex Penrith player as well. So they identified something in him that he would have been shaky under that ball. But for me, he was just allowed and gifted too much time to get those kicks away, and it was happening from the first minute as well. Mm. So Dylan Edwards often was taking play four into fives, getting quick play the balls. Whether or not they have, the Parramatta have needed to identify that, or the next team that played Penrith need to identify that. Dylan Edwards is going to take play four into five with the hot sole purpose of getting a quick play the ball. He's not looking to pass or make a line break. He's trying to play the ball quick, so you've got to slow that down and then get after Cleary. It was his first game back in however many weeks, five or six. Five weeks off. So you've got to put him under pressure. You've got to make him wear it, and you've got to make him aware that every single kick he's going to get away is going to be put on his backside legally, obviously, but you've got to put him on his backside because you saw what it did. You saw the effect that it had on the on the Parramatta back three. And for me, the moment Mitchell left the field, yeah, that was obviously, you know, uh, probably the end. Pivotal. It was it, a pivotal. It, it was one. pivotal. But for me, Parramatta, they were, they were in the game. They were in the contest. But the big moment for me with Parramatta, despite losing Moses, I think it was Guthrie. Guth- Clint Gutherson, King Gutho, threw the cutout pass to Mikasivo that went forward and they just imploded after that. It was just that big moment for them that I think they thought they were going to have to chance their arm. I thought they they tried to pull a trigger slightly too early on that and then they just couldn't get back from that moment and they, you know, Penrith just ran away with it and the easy winners in the end. Just on Wonga Blake, can he turn it around? Well, he's going to have to. Because he's a centre that didn't death, have yeah. to yeah. take those balls. Because don't forget, like, he was a big robust a great ball running centre then started to go better on the wing but when you go on the wing there's another thing that they can do yeah. to you they can isolate you in well, the air well I, do, do they move him back into the centres and perhaps put Simonson back onto the wing well that's an option I think there were some concerns around when he was defending in the centres that rival sides were picking the eels apart on that edge 
to a degree, but um, yeah, certainly Nathan gave him nightmares on Friday night. Some of those spiral torpedoes and floating bombs, and he pulled out everything yeah. in the kit bag. And uh, Wanga had an unhappy night, so a big decision to make for Brad Arthur. Yeah, well, let's talk about Parramatta. I mean, they now take on Canberra. Now, I don't want to in any way call for a coach's head because that's not what I'm about. <laughs> Only three <laughs> weeks in a, in a row. But if Parramatta go out in straight sets, is there going to be some questions asked of Brad Arthur and his coaching credentials at Parramatta? This is a premiership window. They lose Papali'i and they're losing Reed Marnie. We know that they're... they're so... Can I ask you... No, I'm just asking no, a question. I'm, I'm asking you... So what, you answer the question. What's the premiership window? Well, at the moment... Well, Tell me what it looks like. Well, at the moment, I think Parramatta's in there. They're a top four, they're a top four side and they're going to lose players. And we don't know who's coming through. Is that through. a premiership... The Would best you call it a premiership top. window, please? I think the Eels are... In a premiership... Primed at the moment. The roster is primed. It is... And, and they are in a premiership window. Thank you. Sure, Gordy. Thank you. They are, they are there. This is their, they've said that themselves this season. Yeah. Their coach has spoken about it. Their captain's yeah. spoken about it. They know this roster that they have assembled at the moment is the best chance that they've had of best making an had. impact in September. Do you think they're the best for, side in the competition? For some years. No, I don't think that. Well, no. well we, watched, we all watched. Is Brad Arthur under pressure? I actually think Parramatta... Every week out there, this year, like, man, don't forget last year, they were, they were so close to beating Penrith. Yes. They were really close. I called that game. That was um, this year. They have been a little bit more inconsistent, mm. but they're a chance. They've beaten them twice as well, and, and then they now they Melbourne. go now they go to the other side of the draw. Yep. And well, the road the, the road for us, I I think, I for think. Us. Sorry. Who's <laughs> bandwagon you on? Oh. Cowboys, Canberra and Parramatta are all on one side. Yeah. So the other side has got Roosters, South, Cronulla and Penrith. So mm. either way, I'm not saying it's a harder a harder draw, yeah. but what I'm saying is it's a harder road through to a grand final on that side at this moment than what it is. So the Cowboys have to go up there. So there's no guarantee with Canberra on a roll that Parramatta just walk over. So it's a difficult situation now for Parramatta to be in. But if mm. they do get there, they're going to have to beat a Canberra side that's really come home with a strong sale and then go to North Queensland where yesterday it was 30 degrees and take on uh, uh, take on a team up there. That It'll be will played be playing. at night. It'll be yeah. a great atmosphere. And they've played in Darwin. And, you know, and they can go up there early in the week and get away from the Sydney hype and, yeah. you know, like... Mate, what you do in the big game. I Look, there's no doubt Penrith are like there, you know, like four weeks ago we were talking about the Roosters. Just watch next week now. You know, like the sides that aren't playing, might watch them next week. Can the Raiders beat Parramatta? Absolutely, but can Parramatta come out and blow them yeah. off the park? Yes. Yes, they can. I reckon the biggest challenge for the Eels, and Jimmy Graham, you alluded to this earlier, it's going to be the outside noise, and it's going to yeah. be mentally because... It's going to be talked about ad nauseum. There's going to be stories front and back page of the papers about, well, can they do it or is it going to be another September fade-out? And sadly, at this time of year, when Brad Arthur has been the head coach, they haven't been able to kick deep into a prelim or a grand final. Yeah, that, that, that's it. It's, it's blocking out that noise. It, it really is. And Look, I... I, I, I now I think I think they're in a position 
with, with maybe Arthur will be looking at it and planning an, an assault on in October because they're, they're a team that can beat Penrith, but the, the hardest challenge is, is getting there now to, yeah. to, to, to have an opportunity to face them if, obviously, they've got to have to beat a couple of teams along the way. Well, it's going to be interesting next week when they take on the Raiders. NRLW game just finished here at Allianz, and it's the Roosters winning 18-16 over the game. night. Awesome game oh, of football. I, like, I just want to congratulate the girls. The school level, like, they, you know, like the one thing that has improved is their kicking game, their vision. Like, it, it's, it's actually really good to watch. It was a great, exciting game to watch. It certainly was. The Triple M Sunday Sinbid. Triple M rocks footy. Yeah, welcome back to the Sunday Sinbin. All thanks to Apricity Finance. Uh, not far away, James Graham will be joining us with the toughest player. And after that, we're going to have the Raging Bulls Apricity Finance round. That isn't far away as well. Also, this game coming up this afternoon. It's a big one. It's obviously the South Sydney Rabbitohs taking on the Sydney Roosters. Dan Ganane will be your caller along with Ryan Girdler, James Graham and Brent Reid. That game's scheduled for kickoff at 4 o'clock. James Graham, you've got, before we get to your Mitsubishi Chappas player, we've got a pretty special um, situation, an auction item that you've donated for a very, very important cause. Yeah, well, you know, we're talking about toughest player um, uh, last Last week, um, we lost a, a close family friend, um, one of my daughter's best friends. She was only, she was only seven. She lost lost a five year battle with um, with brain cancer, and um, yeah, decided to, to to auction off this um, piece of memorabilia that um, Sam and Sam Bages and I had made after the the 2014 Grand Final. Um, it's a um, yeah, it's a, a, a split signed jersey and signed by all the, the South Sydney and 17 and the Bulldogs 17. And there's only two of these in existence. That's yeah, it's pretty I, unbelievable. I, I have one and, and Sam has one. But honestly, this this kid was she she was such an amazing girl, Georgia Brown. Um, yeah, like last last Sunday when most of us were waking up and celebrating Father's Day, they. Um, they were having their little girl. She grew her wings, and that that I'll never forget her life. And honestly, that I know Nathan and Rochelle, they were such special people. Oh, they said they are special people, and throughout this whole ordeal, they've never made it about them. Yep. They've, they've never like why us. They've never they've never done that. They've just made this the life for her and their two other kids just so special and. Um, yeah, we were all rocked by this by this news yesterday. But um, again, they not make it about them. They want to raise funds to um, try and find a cure for this shitty thing that is brain cancer, and to have it in your your two year old like you can't imagine what they've been through. And um, yeah, I I just the the they're having a fundraiser right now and just. Uh, yeah, I want to try and do whatever I can for them. So, I'll, if yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll auction that off on on eBay. So we'll put the link on on the on the yeah, buy so, socials. And- yeah, we'll get that link up. And and what we'll, what you are and Sam Burgess is part of this. Obviously, James Graham and Sam Burgess from the 2014. They've got a South Sydney jersey and a Bulldogs jersey, and it's signed by every player that was involved. There's only two of these ever in existence. Obviously, James and Sam both had one and. You think the Bulldogs Graham's... club would buy it, wouldn't you? 
Well, you'd think, you know, having a look at it there. Bulldogs or South Sydney. Or South Sydney. And this this is going to go up, and we will share this link on Triple M NRL and on all our socials so we know where it is. And this is a huge cause. And to the family, our thoughts are with you. And, and James, I know this is tough for you, but thank you so much for bringing this to our attention. And we will make sure that we get this. And people who are out there listening to us, we have all been and had somebody who has passed or been touched and, and affected by cancer. And this poor family who have lost their little girl is just horrible. We'll get all that up, yeah. and thank you so much. That it, There's only two of them in existence, so are very important. Uh, yeah. so. And they'll be in the name of, uh, of Georgia Brown. She was honestly, she was such a, such a lovely, happy yeah. young girl, and it just breaks your heart. It really does, but on to... Toughest. No, we're going to take a break. Yeah, we're going to yeah, take a break. Yeah, we'll come yeah. back very shortly. We'll take a break. This is Sunday Simbin on Triple M. The Triple M Sunday Simbin. Triple M rocks footy. Yeah, welcome back to the Sunday Simbin. An hour away from kickoff, it'll be South Sydney taking on the Sydney Roosters. Southern Death elimination final from Allianz Stadium. Dan Ganane will be your caller along with James Graham, Ryan Girdler. And Brent Reid. In the early game, we had an NRLW game, and it was 18 points to 16. I think the end-up score, or sorry, 16-14 it was, sorry. Uh, the Roosters over uh, the Knights. It was a good game of football. Last night, obviously, we saw the Cowboys successful over the Cronulla Sharks and also uh, the Canberra Raiders defeating Melbourne and Melbourne bow out. It is now time... For my favourite part, the Shorthorn, the Grove Shorthorn <laughs> Raging Bull, thanks to Apricity Finance. Here we go, here we go. Over to you, big fella. <laughs> No, Dobbo, this week I've been, you know, reading and I, I think today is about Trent Robinson, you know. I think, I don't know whether he begged, but fans won't boo Latrell Mitchell today because they booed him last week and that's enough. And I'm just thinking of all the young kids that are playing the game now and run out and you get booed and, you know, we don't want the crowd going woke. That's one thing. When you go to a game, when you go, when you go to a game of rugby league, I don't want to go watch it anymore if the crowd is not allowed to boo the player. So for me as a kid sitting up and then I'm going to go to a couple like I'd, when State of Origin was played and Wally was in Queensland, they'd be bowing and they'd be singing Wally, right? He'd come to Sydney, they'd be singing Wally is a banker, yeah. right, <laughs> at the end of it. So then Benny Elias got Benny is a yeah. banker as well. So we had a lot of bankers playing State of Origin. So so when the fans go in, I remember going and playing the game uh, over in England and the English crowd didn't like us that much and uh, we just got ahead and they started a chant, take our stars off, oh. no, take your stars off our flag, you convicts. And I thought it was quite entertaining. I didn't quite like it, but that's what the fan do. If they want to go sing chants, as long as it doesn't get personal, I so, actually think it's... So do you think they should oh. be booing... Do you think they should be booing Latrell? The Absolutely. Did you th- mate, did you think that Val Holmes deserved to get booed last night? No, I didn't. Oh, you're a... 
No, you're, I didn't. You're a banker as well. <laughs> well it, no, it, I know what you're saying. Look, mate, so, so uh, like uh, then, so well, like, well, no, no, so said, for, all the players, players, for all the sports people, whoever's out there, they've all got their social media, so they've got their own televisions where they've got their 100,000 people that love them and blow them kisses and tell them how great they that's are. That's you. But when you go yeah. to the, but when you go to a game of footy and they're fans and it's tribal and you want them to buy your jersey when they come and buy your jersey and you're wearing another jersey, they have the right to but go there. On. Boot. I, I'm not on. saying it's the power of hate as well. Yeah, the but power think... of hate is huge. Like you've got to you've got to tap into that and you know uh, What if Gordy it's affecting is... the player? What well, if the oh, player design that's what it's designed well, get to get off do. your social media when they're blowing your kisses. If you want someone to pat you on the back, right? It might the troll pat... might not like it. He might be offended by Listen, it. Listen, Dob, I'm gonna give you something in life. And you know someone pats you on the back, it softens it that much that so when someone knifes you, it goes straight in. Don't let them pat you on the back, and then when they knife you, it might bounce off. Well, Gordy, you spoke about some of those songs. I like, don't know it, what that means. Right? Yeah, I know what so you're saying. So I know don't what you're sit saying. there and get yeah. cuddled and take all the cuddles and get those. You can't like, just give them whack, 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 whack. Yes, you can. It does you what can. it's designed it's to doing. do. It's designed to get you off your game. Gordy, you spoke about some of those chants. A, a teammate of mine back in England, <laughs> the, the fans would sing about him. He's fat. He's shit. He plays when no one's fit. It's Steve Tyra. <laughs> <laughs> like, I thought they'd sing about him. Like, <laughs> and then Dobbo, when you played, who weighed all the pies? Who weighed all the pies? They, you, you know what I mean? Yeah, so they, did, they never sang that to me. No, okay. No, they didn't. No, but I, I think, I think when a fan goes to the ground and they're there and they got their jersey on, booing. If they take booing out of rugby league. Mm. Right, we will have a white. Cr- Actually, more people might turn up now because the. What do you mate, think? What do you the think? Yeah, I'm, I'm, the game. I'm with Gordy. Yeah, I think if fans pay their money, and I mean you've got to give it a bit of context. The whole Latrell being booed as a narrative, he left the Roosters and he went and signed with their arch rival South Sydney, and then Joey Manu's face got broken in the lead up the last year's finals. Latrell got suspended and couldn't play in the grand final. So there's a lot of background and context to that story. I don't think he'll get booed as heavy today because I'm tipping there might be a few more Souths fans. And he's South's what there best was. player. He's South's best player. So you, you, you want to put him, yeah, they want him off his game. Are try and they want him off his it. game. He's their best player. Calm down. Do you think, honestly, <laughs> you, you need to calm down, Difference. Um, in all seriousness, yep. Was Trent Robinson doing it? Why was Trent Robinson pleading? Charlie, what, I think what? we need a new host. We've officially got a woke host. <laughs> no, I'm just asking. Right? They are booing a guy at the footy. They yeah, but I don't understand what Trent Robinson I, asked well, for. No, why I think did he he's ask trying for... to look. He's trying to look after. Well, that's politically correct, well, tr- and that's trying not to look our after games about. He's trying to help. He's yeah. clearly trying to put Shayla Troll a little bit of love, put an arm around him, put and, and also. It also, it looked bad hoops if he came out and said, "Yeah, no, keep, keep going, keep uh, going. go yeah. harder." Yeah. yeah, no, you just do the Wayne Bennett, mate. I'm not telling the fans what to do. They pay their money; they can do whatever they want. Yes, a lot that long. I think. Yeah. I think all. Do you think Latrell plays better when the when when the hate's out there, or do you think he's better when when he's getting cheered? I reckon he'll play better. Today. Yeah, he'll have it. You watch him go because they did a number on him as well. Not yeah. just the booing; it was the Roosters did a massive number on him. They they, they targeted him specifically, like Hargreaves, the middle forwards, the kick chase. I think Latrell's stats were something like seven runs for fourteen meters to open the game. Yes. it was insane the, the the number that they did on him. So Dimitri needs a backup plan, and Latrell needs to know what's coming at him, and I think he'll respond. So bunnies, are we just getting? Have you food? talked to onto our side yet? No, bunnies are one. Well, hold on, hold on. So you're not allowed to boo. You don't so like to booing. Booing. Oh, I think if, 
Look, Sunday, I always so being boot, a I always boot. mountain man, great. Right, no, so when you I go ne- there... I've never said I'm a Springshaw mountain man. They're so, your mate, words. So, okay, They're so your Springshaw words. playing against the Emerald Tigers or whoever. Ed, so Gary. when they boo and they give a bit of hiss and the country blokes are out there... You know, that's all right. Well, it's That's the all right. Yeah, Dobbo, you belong, at the, you belong at the polo club where it's all... Uh, well done. <laughs> well done. Hey, can no, I just say this now? Me, order, order, you, you, order. You three, great you nudge, three can, you great can, nudge, guys. Oh, that's yeah, excellent. You know what I'm talking oh, about. Oh, the, these prawn sandwiches are exquisite. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't mind, I don't mind a prawn sandwich. What about the courage on the back of that horse? <laughs> oh, uh, so well done. Can I ask you this? I've got no drama. You can boo, and I booed, and you know what? I hated Cliffy Lyons. I hated him, and I used to boo Why him Jay and boo Cliffy? him. Because he destroyed us one day. At the, I was a dog supporter, and he was yeah. he just absolutely... Anyway, Terry Lamb squared Super him up in 95 grand final. Uh, anyway, that's a whole other story. But he didn't have a problem with it. But I have a feeling Latrell doesn't like it. And the only reason that this has come to light is because it affects him. So I say, if it affects him and he comes out in this world, oh, come on. Seriously. So, did you like when Payne Haas got booed in Brisbane? I didn't have an opinion on that. Oh. I didn't have an opinion. It wasn't for me. I didn't know whether or not he liked it or not. Oh, part, well, of me liked it. part of me liked him getting booed because he's done the wrong thing. What's interesting with Latrell's take on it all was he did an interview in front of the cameras and he was... <laughs> what about the windscreen was, wiper? Uh, 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 which uh, side uh, are you on? <laughs> Is the water on the windscreen or not? Yeah. Uh, the interesting thing with the whole Latrell scenario is he did an interview in front of the cameras yeah. earlier last week and he seemed okay about it all. Like he wasn't he wasn't blowing up by any stretch. He just said, Well look, the fans pay their money. You know, of course that's part of the theatre of the game, all that sort of thing. Then he went and did an interview separately with a couple of other print journals and I think they sort of tried to they really drilled, drilled down on. On, on on the whole booing and whether or not he liked it, and yeah, and, what and then got a quote out of him, and then yeah, next yeah, thing you know, yeah. all hell broke loose. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I understand that, and 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 so we, so I look. I mean, in the end, um, there's nothing, nothing really that you know anybody's going to do. He'll get booed here today by the Roosters supporters, and every time he touches the ball, it probably will entice him to boo him even more. But you know, I don't. But that's my point. If you like when your team cheers you, you got to accept when the other crowd boos you. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, I get right. that. All right. Now, listen, South Sydney, some uh, mail on teams. South Sydney are 1-17 as per programmed. So they are 1-17. For the Sydney Roosters, Takiaho goes to the bench. Lodge wearing 17 starts. I think we all expected that to happen. That's the way it's been for most of the year. I don't even know why they tried to, to, to change that. So Lodge will start. Uh, he's been a little bit... Has he been critical of you this week, Matt Lodge? Uh, Lodge. Uh, you didn't say anything... What is he? What is logic? He doesn't journalist like, being like you now, is he? Well, well I'm, he a I'm a journalist. Yeah. yeah no. 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 Okay. No, I got thick skin, brother. Me too. Good. We're going to take a break. Come hope, back. I just hope he does. <laughs> take a when break. The return of serve. Come. Oh, it will Don't worry. <laughs> We're going to take a break. Come back Sunday. Sinbin from Allianz Stadium here for Epricity Finance on Triple M. The Triple M Sunday Sinbin. Triple M rocks footy. Yeah, welcome back to the Sunday Sinbin for Pricity Finance. James Graham, James Hooper, Ben Dobbin, and I'll get to it. Gordy's gone. Now, Ryan Girdler, I mean, there's one thing when, you know, you, when the makeup artists ring and say, we, we've got a big makeup job for Gordy, you, you know, I understand that his commitments to the Matty John show, but literally three hours before 
There's not that much makeup a man needs. He needs a bit of powder. Well, he, well, he's gone. He We've needs lost a bit the, of powder. He, no, he only just gets a lot. Bit of blush. No, he's yeah. not. No, no. There's a lot. There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. Shine off the forehead. No, there's a lot going about an hour and a time. How long do you go, hoops? Honestly, like when you have to get. Nah, it's not that long. It's a couple of minutes. Yeah, pile it on. They spray it. Spray it on the melon off the cue Depends on how many spatulas they got ready to go. Anyway, Ryan Girdler, mate, good. Nice to be here, boys. You're part of the coverage here this afternoon. Little Sunday session's been a while. Gee, it's a great stadium. Unbelievable, isn't it? Can we talk about last night? You weren't that impressed with both sides, if I'm really honest. You know, although it was a good game, you you know, your view was really that both teams aren't going to really challenge the two top teams at the moment. Well, yeah, sort of going into that game, I thought it was going to be a high-scoring affair, and and we said, you know, what are we looking for both of these teams to produce during this game? And it's like, well, they haven't played finals for a while, and uh, we know that the level, the intensity goes up, and are they, have they got the quality uh, and the experience to, to, you know, compete with some of the sides that are conditioned for finals football? And I think we saw a result of two sides that haven't played a lot of finals football that went out there, and to me it was very entertaining and a, a thrilling game, but it just lacked that sort of that, that finals intensity. Um, and, and, yeah, and I, and I think, you know, they fall now into... Uh, a side of the draw where, you know, the Cowboys are one game away from uh, potentially making a grand final. And uh, I think the other side of the draw, the, the one, the, the loser, the, the winner, the, the team that we see today, uh, and that game against uh, Penrith uh, next next week potentially, and uh, in two weeks' time is going to be, you know, one that's it's yeah. conducive of finals football. And I'm just concerned that, you know, those sides just weren't conditioned and, and performed accordingly. Yeah, I, I have to agree with you, your hoops. And we spoke about it a little earlier on the show. And, and Gordy was, was quick to remind us that, you know, season long, both teams have been pretty solid defensively. So perhaps it was just uh, the occasion got to them. But you'd like to think they'd go away and learn from that. There were a couple of tries, though, that just weren't semi-final style tries. And, yeah, I, we get carried away with the hype and the fact that it went to go- not just extra time, but golden point as, as well. And we look back, oh, what a game. But I think both coaches will be looking back and, and you know, especially uh, Todd Payton will be looking, yes, we're through, but we've got some work to do. Yeah. Geez, that draws open up on that side, though, hasn't it, uh, yep. Gerds? It, it's quite quite amazing how where we didn't know a lot before week one, we now know that there's either going to be a Cowboy, yeah. Parramatta or Canberra Raider in a grand final, which... Yeah. Parramatta, yes, but I, I don't think at the beginning of the year anybody would have said Canberra no. or, or the North Queensland Cowboys were a shot of making the grand final. Well, I think that the Raiders were like after eight rounds, they were 14th or something, weren't they? Yeah. So, you yeah. know, it, they were picking up the pieces for the middle part of the year. And then, yeah, and, and look, you need to look at some of those sides and the preparation going into that contest. I mean, they both had really nice run, runs in, which isn't their fault. You can only play the teams that are put in front of you. But, you know, the, the Sharks went into that game only playing 10 teams out of the top eight for the season. And, and the uh, the Cowboys went in only playing nine. So, uh, and the couple of times the Cowboys had come down to Sydney recently and played quality opposition, they were actually sort of spanked and sent home. So, it, they came down, they got the job done. Yep, and and it was an amazing uh, an amazing night out for them and their club. And now they get a prelim final up there. But yeah, they just got to get. I think get back up north and just really, you know, focus on what it's going to take to, to get into that grand final. And if they do, who they're going to come up against and what style of footy they ne- they're going to need to produce to, to compete on that day. 
You touched on the fact, Gerds, they haven't had to travel to Sydney a lot. I think they've only played Penrith and Souths, and as you pointed out, they're both convincingly beaten when they came up against both of those two sides. But the advantage of now taking this game yeah. back up to yeah. their home stadium and being only 80 minutes away from the GF, I think yeah. that uh, really tips things in North Queensland's favour. Yeah. Yes, they've got some defensive issues that they'll need to tidy up, and I'm sure they'll be busy working on those uh, as of tomorrow. But it's a big thing at this it'd, time of the year. It'd be good, and I'd imagine they would actually like to come up against, you know, a, a Roosters or a, or a South Sydney side, you know, and, and, and a side that, you know, as we spoke about before, just touched them up recently and would like to sort of see how they are, see how they've progressed and see what they learned from that because I just don't think that they took a lot of lessons out of last night's game. And I think at this time of year, if you haven't been in the finals of late and you kind of haven't been really competing with those top echelon sides for the last three or four years, you kind of need to learn those lessons. And they got a couple when they came down here, but we just they just didn't show me last night that they'd learn enough from those lessons to put them in a really confident position going into those two potentially big games at the back end of the season. Well, do you think that being said, Gerds, that the, the Cowboys would be looking at this and going, we want to play Parramatta? as opposed to the Raiders who are a bit more off the cuff and you can sort of fall into the trap of, of winning maybe 30 points to 20 or whatever it may be, where Parramatta, you know it's going to be a real hard, tough slog of a game. Yeah, I mean, is Mitch Moses, I mean, you know, that's is he playing next week? Well, that, no that's one the, knows. That's the thing, is if Mitch Moses comes out and Parramatta put in a really good performance and come and uh, come away from the Raiders and... Uh, and they did compete, you know. I heard you guys talking about it before while Mitch was on the field and against Penrith. I thought potentially, you know, Penrith were sort of willing their way to, you know, a, a pretty good victory. But it did it did sort of help their cause when Mitch obviously went off. Um, and yeah, so so maybe that's going to play a big a big part. That that next game for the Cowboys, I believe, is crucial. That not that they go out there and win, but the way that they win yeah. gives them the confidence to go into that GF probably against a, a Penrith or a Roosters or a South um, that have just been there every year for the last, you know, five or six years. Ryan Girdler with us as we uh, count down the clock towards kickoff. South Sydney taking on the Roosters from Allianz Stadium. This is a Sunday Sydney. We'll come back. We've got James Graham's toughest player, and we start to preview this match that is only half an hour away as Triple M rocks the footy. The Triple M Sunday Sydney. Triple M rocks footy. Yeah, welcome back. Sunday Sinbin, all for a Pricity Finance. The countdown is on. Both teams are out warming up ahead of this elimination semi-final between South Sydney and the Rabbitohs. It's now time for the toughest player segment, thanks to Mitsubishi Triton. Mitsubishi Triton engineered beyond tough. Nothing can frighten a Triton. James Graham, your toughest player of the round. Yeah, toughest player this week. There's been plenty to choose from, haven't there? We've had three absolutely brutal games with lots of Shining lights in them, but the one player that really stood out above the rest was Jason Tamalola. We spoke about him previously, but 82 minutes, 24 carries, 270 metres, like 42 tackles as well there. You know, Gordy was saying it was in his... He thinks it's in Jason Tamalolo's top five performances from it throughout his incredible career so far, and that is saying something, but <clears throat> I spoke about the pass that... The, the pass, you love that pass. The, that, that pass to Peter Hicku to, to set up that try was sensational. But when you look at that last moment where, where he scored the try, the trust that the teammates have to give the ball to him, 
because usually you'd think let's get that ball out wide where we can take take numerical advantage it's generally not through teams fall into that bit of a trap of got trying to go round teams or or get it to your strike players on an edge but they didn't they went to their man yeah Jason Tamalola and he delivered because they trusted him to get that ball over the line and even if you watch it back just how he he sort of fell but he even have the presence of mind to keep his ball carrying arm off the ground and then to spin around and plant the ball over the ground at first glance I thought oh no we might be going up here to check if it's a double movement I hope not but somehow he managed to keep that ball off the ground or that ball carrying arm off the field of play and planted over and it's a huge credit to him that his teammates chose you're the man that we want on this play mate yeah. you get us in you get us into extra time big val big val will seal the deal I'll, I'll say this and and hoops i don't know if there's a player that's been paid the money that he has I, I, you, the, that kind of money on long term deals the only other two people you can talk of in rugby league is cherry evans and ben hunt they've been paid that million dollars for that extended period of time i'm ben dobbin no well hang on <laughs> we're not there yet hey, we're in uh, we're not there yet. in rugby league right yeah, yeah, we're, we're, <laughs> we're not there yet at that kind of money but we're working towards a difference but Tomalolo has been consistent year in, year out. Now, yes, he was played a couple of years ago um, as a middle and he was started off the bench. But consistently, that's been the best investment. And a lot of people at the time were like, hang on, that's a lot of money for an edge forward. And it's paid dividends for them. Given the way that he's turned his form around this season, he's justified every dollar. Of, of the million dollars that he's been paid this year. But if you go back, you've only got to go back as far as the start of last season where he did hit a bit of a rough patch and there was yep. all those suggestions about the fact that he and Todd Payton perhaps weren't seeing eye to eye. Todd obviously um, at a press conference after the opening loss of the season yep. uh, was asked questions about the amount of minutes that Jason was playing. He made some comments about that and that then sort of led to Jason Tomalolo by his lofty standards having a little bit more of a flat season, whereas this year you could really see the intent from early on that he wanted to play big minutes and he wanted to become that dominant force in the middle of the field again. Yeah, he certainly did. Uh, no two ways about it. Anyway, that's your toughest player. I think we all agree with that. Let's start to unpack it. It's Ryan Girdler, James Graham, James Hooper. No Gordon Tallis. I got a phone call from you and Giles ahead of NRL, and he said, take Gordy off air. And that was on my request, so we've taken him off air for the last hour. And that is where we are heading with that bloke, I can tell you now, because he has been put no, on notice. No, been put mate, on notice. You haven't got that much pull yes, to I have. Yes, I have. Right? I got and a secondly, phone call, I got a phone mate, call and they said, take him off air. I said, okay, happily. Mate, he's been part of the Triple M hey, NRL Sunday sin bin ever you know, since it started. New broom sweeps clean. No, no, That's what mate. it says. You can't get rid of the raging bull. Anyway. You might like anyway, uh, now, well, you just wait and see. You want to be careful because you might go as well. Um, now, listen, <laughs> Kurt, let's talk about the Roosters. Yeah. They're on a phenomenal streak at the moment. Um, they come in here tonight, this afternoon without their arguably the best centre in the game in Joey Manu. Yep. They do bring Momorowski back in. I'm not saying it, but they've also got, you know, Tupos here. They've got they're in a better position than what a lot of people expected the Roosters to be with the injury toll that they've had this year. I Everybody's saying, oh, well, South Sydney got this, South Sydney got that. But the Roosters have turned up week after week knowing that they had to play this kind of consistent football 
and they know how to get the job done at this time of the year. Yeah, there's a couple of things, Dobbo. I think the concern for a lot of Roosters fans would be that, you know, they've been redlining now for such a long period of time, and this will be, you know, nine straight wins at... And, and they haven't had a, a soft run in. They've had to fight for everything that they've got so far. And they, they in mid-season, people were saying, are the Roosters going to make the top eight? And it wouldn't be a top eight without the Roosters. And, yeah. and they played Penrith. I remember that game out there at Bluebet Stadium, and they just lost. And, and on the back of that, they just took so much confidence. And I think that was like round 16. They haven't lost a game since. Yeah. Um, so that does take something out of the physically and, and mentally out of, out of your group. Um, and so... That needs to be managed, I would imagine, by um, you know by Trent Robinson, and, and obviously coming in the the, the, the bottom of the uh, eight, you don't get that opportunity, regardless of how well you're going to have a break. No. So whether or not that affects them at the back end, if they get through today, we'll we'll have to wait and see. The thing I think that the positive coming into this game is the fact that they've got the blueprint. I thought that the way that they handled playing South Sydney last week was perfect. The Roosters haven't been known in the past of being the most disciplined side their discipline was first class and they did that because the only way to beat South Sydney and keep guys like Latrell Mitchell and Cody Walker out of the contest is by keeping the ball in play and not letting it be stop start, not letting South Sydney get penalties out of their own end and then kick to the halfway line and then set to the middle of the field or or to that right post and then start throwing shape at you through that left side attack that they have. So really smart Roosters performance. I thought really professional last week. South Sydney, I thought, were gallant after losing Murray and held their gloves up late and made a bit of a contest of it. But I thought the Roosters sort of, you know, just cruised through that that back half of the game and probably then were able to take the foot off the gas just a little bit. Probably had a really light week. And you said, you know, they lose Manu. Now, Manu's had a phenomenal season. Um, His stats alone, I think he's like 12 tries, 11 tries, sis, 160 metres a week for a centre. He's probably, um, you know, the most dominant one in the competition. He won't be there, but, you know, they get Radley back and they get Suali'i back and they, and they get Tupu back and, and, and they're big inclusions. They are. And I, I just wonder, thinking about last week, it, 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 for me it was clear that the, the sense of occasion was more for the Roosters than what it was for Souths. I thought Souths were not as invested in the occasion of what the Sydney Roosters were. Um, and when you cons- when you consider that, it- it's made me sort of reconsider my position. And I think it's it's brought South into play a little bit more for-, for for today's game. And obviously, you talk about the the players that are coming back for for the Roosters, but South have some real key position players in Cook, and especially with you know with Campbell Cam- Graham is back in. Yeah, Cook. but I'm talking about keep it like yeah, Cam Murray, Cam, Cam Murray, uh, Cameron Murray, and Cameron Cook. So uh, th- this is a this is a tough one to split. And, Gage, you, you make a good point. I don't think the the Roosters have lost since that pe- since that uh, trip to the foot of the mountains where they lost to Penrith, and I, I believe there was uh, quite the long conversation in the dressing rooms after that game. And they said we're not going to lose again. They've held up their they've held up that end of the bargain up until now, and it's on the line. Um, but the I, I think Souths looking from last week, Souths have got so much more improvement in them with their mentality going into this game and they've got to address the fact that the Roosters did a huge number on Latrell Mitchell so I'm looking at it from a middle forward perspective where you go the job's simple, all you've got to do is run hard, tackle hard, can't be that hard but hey here's where the devil's in the detail, you've got to, you've got to think now on play five, you've got to go and pressure um, 
pressure the halves in either Walker or Kiri, whoever's kicking the ball. But then also you've got to try and do your best to escort. So when you when your mate when Murray goes to kick pressure, if you're Tom Burgess or if you're Totola, you've got to turn and you've got to stop the Roosters just sprinting through the line. You've got to make life difficult for the Roosters to get down there because what they were doing almost instant, instantaneously as Latrell was catching the ball there was four or five players in attention there was a, there was an episode down here Jared Weir-Hargreaves sprinted down Latrell goes across the field Jared slips over then two of the right side edge players from the Roosters catch up Latrell and then Jared gets off his feet sprints over again yeah, joins the tackle one. and then rooks in and then they put him behind the in goal line like so what Roosters need to do they either need to stop the kick chase through little intricate de- details that make it like difficult or come up with a plan B on using Latrell Mitchell to maybe put, throw early ball to one of his wingers in Johnson or Tane Mill. I, I think Damian Cook brings, you know, Cody Walker and Latrell into the contest because as I spoke about just before, last week they didn't get any piggybacks. They got no help coming out of their own end, the, the, the South Sydney side. Now, what Damien Cook does and the experience that he brings, he's, a rep, he's obviously a New South Wales and Australian representative. When he sees opportunity to create those sort of uh, situations where he can draw a penalty with a, on the back yeah. of a quick play of the ball, all of a sudden he only needs two or three penalties coming out of their own end. All of a sudden they kick to the halfway and then Cody's into the game and then yeah. Latrell's into the game. So I think just Damien Cook alone will be able to get those guys a little bit more footy in the areas where... They like to have it. We're going to take a break, come back. We're going to look at South Sydney a little bit more as kickoff counts down a little under 20 minutes as the South Sydney Rabbitohs taking on the Roosters from Allianz not far away. For McDonald's and Reem Hot Water, Triple M rocks footy. Welcome back to Sunday Sinbin as Triple M rocks the footy from Allianz Stadium for Apricity Finance. We are not far away from kickoff. Obviously, this game has so much about it. The South Sydney Rabbitohs taking on the Sydney Roosters. The Rabbitohs are 1-17 for the Roosters. Takiaho drops to the bench. He'll be in number 10. Matt Lodge will start wearing 17. Dan Ganane will be your caller along with James Graham, Ryan Girdler and Brent Reid. They will be your call team. And this game has so much. The winner... Well, they go through to next week, and obviously a huge challenge as well when they take on the might of, obviously, uh, the Cronulla Sharks. But the loser, well, they're packing up their ports and they're calling 2022 all over. Where are they going to play that game next week, Dobbo? I know, I know we here, don't put it will be here. It'll be at Allianz, yeah, will it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Isn't that, that's the mail. I think that's the plan at the moment. Yeah. Yep. So that will be here, and then from there, there's obviously a lot going on. Now... We talked about the Roosters for the Rabbitohs, James Graham and Gerds. Obviously, they came into this game and they are a little bit the underdogs, but they are very confident that they can get the job done now they've got their full squad back and rolling. And they've got to have a, a real attention to detail attitude. They've got to be across everything. They really need to invest in their their um, efforts on the Roosters back three, we know the amount of metres and the influence that James Tedesco will have but also Daniel Tupu and Sue Aliti as well, I wouldn't be surprised to see South Sydney go for a few tackle four or maybe even tackle three kicks earlier in the piece to just turn those big Roosters forwards around and, and limit the options of the South Sydney back three, we saw last week that 
just as the fatigue set into the game, just James Tedesco take full advantage of the, the South Sydney's lacklustre kick chase midway through that second half. They can't afford to do that. Yeah. With finals on the line, you need to be... It's not as simple as just running hard, tackle hard. You've got to have that attention to detail. Brent Reid is down on the sideline. Reedy, paint the picture for us on ground level. Well, it's unbelievable. Obviously, we were here a week ago, and it was a pretty amazing atmosphere, but I reckon this rivals it. I mean, you know, Sunday Arvo footy, these two great rivals, a full house. And actually, I just walked past the Roosters bench, and Joey Manu's sitting there, and he's about to be interviewed by Brad Fittler and Andrew Johns. And I was just looking through the stats. He's a huge out for the Roosters. They are massive out for the Roosters. And for me, that's why I think South Sydney will win this footy game. I know they lost a week ago, but I've just got a gut feeling around South today. And I did tip the cows last night, boys, so I'm actually on fire in terms of my tipping. <laughs> oh, when, yeah. do we, when do we start wrapping ourselves? No, no, like, no, no, no praise, no praise, Absolutely. Hey, hey you, you got, you got a basically a close to 50-50 call, yeah. mate. Like, give yourself a button. Hey, yeah. hey Rudy, there's a reason that you almost won the uh, the tipping competition in the newspaper, mate. I want, to I, mean, question, I want to question the pink shoes he's getting around and kicking around with all day. That's the kind of question marks I'd like to put on Brett Reid. Thank you, Reid. Hey, Dobbo, it's interesting what Jimmy Jimmy said earlier about, you know, the the Rabbitohs being invested. Um, You could tell that both sides were a little reserved last week because, you know, we speak about the rivalry and that's what we look forward to and the emotion that comes with these contests, especially when we've got a sudden death situation like we do today. Now, you just spoke about how the Rabbitohs overcome uh, last, last week's result and what they can do different. I believe that the more emotion that the Rabbits bring, the more stop-start this game is, the more physical it is, the more stuff off the ball, the, the less rhythm there is to this contest, the better South Sydney will go. So I'd imagine that last week, you know, they were told by JD, OK, just relax, boys, you know, it's obviously a very important game, but there's not too much going to change. I don't want any suspensions, all those sorts of things. You know, make sure we're ready for this game. But I think today it's let him go. Just you know, you just got to release well, got the reins. To lose, have they? And you and you want Cody out there. You want him baiting people. You want him getting under people's skin. You want Latrell doing that because the more of that that's in the game, and the less the Roosters can find their rhythm because they're a side at the moment that are playing with a lot of rhythm. I think the more chance South Sydney are. So I, I'd expect to see a lot of that this afternoon. Yeah, there's no two ways about it. Uh, Gerds, a quick tip from you, real quick. <sighs> oh, look, I said the Roosters yesterday and. I've got no confidence, but I, I, I'm going to say the Roosters again today. Hoops? Yeah, I'm with Gerds. It's a dead set 50-50 toss a yeah. coin job. The result, but I'll say the Chooks. The Chooks. Uh, quickly from you. Yeah, I'm going to go Roosters by less than a try. Really? Uh, Brent Reid on the sideline, a quick tip from you. Uh, South Sydney for me, boys. Yeah, I'm with you as well. South Sydney taking on the Roosters, not far away from kickoff. Dan Ganane will be your caller, along with Ryan Girdler, James Graham, and Brent Reid. As Triple M rocks the football from Allianz Stadium, the elimination semi-final coming up not far away. It's the South Sydney Rabbitohs taking on the Sydney Roosters. Thanks to McDonald's. Triple M rocks footy. Triple M rocks the NRL 24-7 through the Triple M app. Thanks to Ream. Steady, hot and strong. Install a Ream.